Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today, and welcome to week 96, the Ham Radio Podcast. And it is me from Down Under the Lone Bot Wanderer. And it's me, Carrick, with ACG. Awesome. So I apologize for missing uh, just last week. I was attending Fuck, an event Maddie, you missed for the podcast. Prey. I know, I, but I, uh, you know, I, Dova <laughs> seemed awesome, so I, I felt kind of bad. But um, she was really cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I was attending an event for Prey. Couldn't say it on the show yet, so lone worded it great. I had YouTube commitments. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Prey's fucking awesome. Really enjoyed my time with that. Apparently, according to PC Gamer, um, we talked about this in the Discord, Carrick, that uh, they they were like, yeah, it didn't run that well. I'm like, well. It's still three months. Uh, out. <laughs> I, I played it as well. I went to a similar event. It fucking ran fine. Yeah. It, it ran better than Dishonored. That's 2, what dude. I was looking for. I was like, okay, it's on PC. It's arcane. After Dishonored two, a little shaky trust there. Let's see how this works. I didn't have a hitch or anything. I mean, granted, they give you no. these godlike machines, but still, I mean, you see the capture devices they give you. They're, they're little. How mini fucking, fucking awesome! TVs. You got the same one with the screen, yeah, right? Yeah, these mini yeah. fucking TVs. I'm like. Yeah. What the fuck? Like, this is insane. It was funny because they, they brought us into a room and they're like, all right, we got these new capture devices. And it had some weird name like Thunderbolt Fire X or some <laughs> shit. I'm like, what the fuck are we using? Like, can we just use an Elgato? And you walk in and they got the PC set up everywhere and the capture devices, which have a screen, like the fucking capture device has a screen too. on it so you can see the recording as you play it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, Amazing. Records in 4K. Um, they give you. I have it somewhere. Um, where is it? They give you like a different type of drive to save the footage on, like this Sandisk. It's pretty pretty different compared to just like an external hard drive. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah really cool event. Really good time. I I know you can't really disclose it alone, but like for me, it was awesome to have this uh, the heaven over hell suite we were in because it overlooked the city, so it like really painted the picture of how the beginning of Prey is. Uh, it was awesome. Uh. I, t- I tell you what, though, when um, it, it wasn't necessarily the case with this event, but when we went to Dishonored 2, it was last year, the hotel that we were at literally looked like Clockwork Mansion. I'm, yeah. I'm not even going to lie. It was like this do spiral staircase in the middle and everything. It, it just, the aesthetic fit it so mm-hmm. well. And I was hoping for something like that this time. But yeah, the one I went no, to we didn't get it, for Dishonored, I remember um, it, it was more of an old-fashioned one. It kind of reminded me of... Um, it, it just remind me of the actually the first just area you're in in Dishonored to the uh, the yeah. castle like the way it was decorated and stuff very reminiscent of that. But yeah, Bethesda threw a, a good event together, which is always nice to see them getting into that circle of uh, press held events. Um, as always, though, if you guys want to become a part of the podcast, feel free to submit any topic ideas and responses with the hashtag Ham Radio Time on top of considering supporting the Patreon to become a guest. We haven't done a Patreon guest in a while because I was absent last week. This week, uh, I was just late to it. I'm not going to lie. So next week, we're going to have a Patreon guest. I do apologize for being late on that. Anyway, let's dive into the first of many topics we want to talk about today. Carrick, this was your idea, and I totally agree with it. Let's talk about buggy games. There's been a lot of buggy launches lately. Well, yeah, and so you and I both covered a couple Mm -hmm. recently. Well, even in 2016, and then... I, I, I want to make sure I give a prop out. Uh, I, I go on NeoGAF. That's one of the places I post. And somebody was saying, and, and it's something you and I have talked about, is are certain companies it, are certain companies given some leeway? Uh, Bethesda, oh, in particular, yeah, with like Fallout and Skyrim. And then it just started, this conversation just started cropping up because it's like it, they the buggy games that have come up recently 
have been, for me in particular, weird bugs. And so I hadn't talked to you about this, but I'd, I'd like to hear what you think. But one of the things I'm noticing is uh, gameplay bugs that are based around how you play. And so they don't show up for everybody. This is pretty normal. But for mm. some particular games, somebody will say, I had this bug. Carrick, why didn't you say anything? And I'm like, I played the game for 40 hours. I didn't have that bug at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sniper came up a couple times where people are like, well, this and this happens. And I'm like, listen, I can only tell you I had like 800 people on my patron only fucking video watching a stream as I was playing it. And if that had shown up in the four hours I streamed it, somebody would have said something. It, it doesn't it like the bugs. One thing people forget is that bugs happen differently for different people. Yeah, they don't happen yeah. the same. That is literally but, the story of my life. Not to interrupt you. That is literally the story of my life of Bethesda games. <laughs> I oh, <gotcha>. barely. <laughs> I'm not even just saying this. I barely encounter bugs in Bethesda games. I know I've seen the videos. I've seen people's let's plays. I've seen all of them. I've right. seen so many fucking bugs. I seriously never get them. And I had this conversation with uh, the vault dude. He guessed it on the podcast um, months back. And we were talking about bugs in Bethesda games. And we were like, what do people do? Because I never encountered them. The worst I've, I've said it to this day, the worst I've encountered was either Piper being like horizontally caught in the ground for Fallout 4 or the giant <laughs> smacking me sky high in Skyrim. Those are the two yeah. bugs I've ever encountered. In Bethesda games, I've never had like the broken quest quest glitches, the broken save data, um, right. know, losing all my saves. I've never had that. It's like it's not that I'm denying that they happen. It's just that mm-hmm. I totally agree with what you're saying. That you know, it's it's interesting how the conversation can tailor in that way where people are like, "Why didn't you talk about that, Maddie? Why don't you talk about the bugs in Bethesda games?" It's like I've never really had a firsthand experience with a bad bug in a Bethesda game. Not that they're not there. <laughs> But, um, you know, it's really funny. Um, I don't know if either of you follow Total Biscuit, but for a while he used to do uh, PC port reports and he would talk about, you know, this is how the game's running on my PC. And I also have another PC, which is like a mid tier PC, and I'll run the game on that to test it out. And he's like, I've stopped doing them because I keep doing these PC port reports and people keep yelling at me that I didn't cover these particular bugs that I just didn't encounter, uh, even experience, experimenting on two different PCs. Okay. So it's just like th- there's actually no point because there are so many configs, there are so many different PCs out there that you like one review can't r- speak for everyone's experience, even on PS4 or Xbox One, as we talked about in last week's well, yeah, podcast. It, it, it's so hard yeah. to find bugs because there are certain things you have to perform that are so by chance. The one bug that comes yeah. to mind is in modern warfare 2 totally random was the care package glitch you pull the pin you climb over a wall you throw the care package marker down you have another and you could throw infinite care packages in like modern warfare 2 was so good that's an awesome care package by the way it's like how do you find that out it's like how does that happen who pulled the pin then while you're holding rt or r2 you climbed for some reason you threw it still while it was held, which is the hardest part. He didn't let go of R1. He, he held it the whole way through. Then threw it and said, oh, fuck, I have another one. Huh, let me try that again and did it again. It's like discovering Game these, is these bugs, <laughs> it, it's sometimes by chance. Not that, not that they're all by chance, but I'm just saying there's so many uh, steps to variables. finding one and variables that uh, it, it can be easy to miss. <laughs> Well, it's funny because he destroyed Total Biscuit is is just his total or his Halo War 2 video was hilarious about. Did you guys see that yet? No, no I haven't, oh, I haven't seen it. It's like watching a human devolve in a video. I've never. <laughs> he, he starts out like this. Hmm. OK. OK. And I mean, it's literally like, OK, yeah. So you do this. And then he starts like trying to adjust because I'm telling you right now, the key bindings 
and the options in the PC version are just weird. Mm. And pretty yeah. soon, Total Biscuit is literally frothing at the mouth. <laughs> and he's like, what the? What, did a human fucking program? Like, he's just, he's losing it. And you're like, oh, <laughs> shit, on live TV. Like, he's just, he starts out normal. And then you're like, this is what happens when the chemicals come out of your brain and you're really the way you are without your Ritalin. <laughs> and um, it, it's funny because what he experienced, some of the stuff I didn't. But, for example, Halo Wars, uh, the bugs I had were egregious they were insane mm, and there were there yeah. were multiple ones and then somebody else may not have them and and like you said you have to do different things one of the things that comes up a lot of times in bethesda games is if you move a lot of items the way it duplicates item ids it can bloat your yeah, save yeah yeah so true. so we know that right and we know that some people play a particular way where that may where, where that may crop up but yeah i mean it's just it's but ignoring the fact that we all do experience different things I was also bringing it up because, holy shit, there are a lot of... I mean, the bugs in a couple of these past games have been pretty fucking crazy. Like, And somebody who worked in test and still occasionally online does a little bit of QA, I can tell you right now, some of the shit that was in Halo Wars, I was just like, do I not have a patch? Like, what's yeah. going on? There's no way this can be final. And then emailed them, and they're like, no, you've got the most up-to-date patch. And I'm like, oh. did you guys hear about Halo Wars 2 where... It, on the PC version, it there's a bug where it will unlock all the cinematics, and so people have been accidentally clicking the last cinematic, and it's oh, spoiling no. the entire game. Oh, so, no. so three four three was informed, but last night my Twitter people were like, "What the fuck?" Like because I guess what happens is they're speeding through the main to get to the main menu, right? So they're skipping that starter video. Then it unlocks all the videos, and they go in thinking, "I'll oh, watch the starter video now that I've adjusted my options and I've done all this." Oh, no. And and somehow they're accidentally clicking that last That's one such and a rude like awakening, <laughs> and that they're like, sucks. oh fuck, because they can't tell it's the last. You can't tell it's the last one mm -hmm. because you don't know if it's the starting of the story. Oh, and some people say that's on them, and I get that. You should be very careful, but you shouldn't have to worry about having movies unlocked yeah. like, that aren't yeah unlocked. Absolutely. I guess Creative Assembly does strike me as a, another Bethesda-type company where they I would agree. very buggy titles, but most try to look past it because the product, you know, like a Total War was awesome, where they're like, I, I see what they're buggy. doing, and it's like, love it, but there's so many bugs plaguing the title um, that I, they're, they're clearly not getting a free pass this time around, which I'd imagine if it happens with Bethesda again, the same consequences will come down on them, and it'll be a rude awakening. But yeah, just, I had some bugs at Halo Wars too. um, or two as well you know mine i showed in the video you see a bunch of brutes just <laughs> there's a fucking turret right there that they're running to attack and they just whoop they just keep running <laughs> circles i'm like oh, what the fuck and i was so low on health so that's why i said in the video i'm like yeah it helped me out yeah it made things easier but i was just like sitting there like what the fuck just happened um Yours is funny, seeing the warthog in the first mission just whoop, off the cliff <laughs> i also off. by the way I won three. I won three campaigns because of bugs. Uh, three campaign missions. Three total campaign missions. I oh, became invincible. And the one where they overpopulated that one. What the it fuck? Was, I I couldn't believe my, my eyes. I was watching that, just going, "Wait!" And they just kept saying, "They're going to get to the laser." And I'm like, "The laser was destroyed like a good 25 minutes ago. Like at the starting of the mission, I fucked up. Like like they they destroyed it." And they just kept circling until finally my Xbox One. I was like, okay, this thing's going to light on fire. Yeah, like, yeah they that's keep what I was thinking. Throwing I more so enemies on screen. I'm like, he's playing oh, it's on crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Any, what other bugs that I encountered? There was um, – how about the weird thing where you could not load your recent save from the restart menu? You either had – how many times did you restart your mission? 
Uh, dude, I, I'm going to, this is going to make me a little angry. First of all, I don't like their save because of that, mm-hmm. because I did restart a couple times yeah. and was like, this is not the, why am I restarting the entire thing? Played all the way through yeah, the missions and then found those either. saves were in a different, they're not, they're not. And found out that I had to go somewhere Couldn't else. I can't like, believe it. Cause like, yeah, yeah I, I hit restart twice on a one three zero. I think the mission was, it was the one where you just placed Alice alone. And I died at the end twice, and I restarted twice. I'm like, what the fuck? This is like a 40-minute mission. I slimmed it down to about 25 because I knew what the fuck I was doing. But I was like, there's no way. At that second time, I'm like, I cannot restart this. I said, I refuse to. And I, I pressed B, and I was like, okay, I'm at the main menu. I saw a load game, and I'm thinking, like, I was just going to load a level. And there's my save file. I'm like, how are you trying to tell me that you can't just put a press A to load last save or load recent checkpoint? Something like that. It just well, blew my fucking mind. Let's talk about oddities. I mean, I thought it was just me, so I actually I haven't really done. I'll probably do a PC review uh, at some point once a couple patches came in. But I was blown away by on the PC version the scroll, d- d- or you can't uh, zoom in and out with your mouse wheel. You have to hold Alt and then yeah, do it. I found that so weird there's when I these, tested it in uh, and to, to twist to twist the same thing. You have mm-hmm. to hold Alt to just. And I'm sitting there going, wait, what? What? Like, yeah. that would be like saying to shoot, you have to hold the space bar and press your mouse button. Be like, who the fuck would, <laughs> would think that was a good idea? So there, there's a lot of weird oddities. There's mm-hmm. just a lot of weird oddities in some of these games yeah. uh, that recently in particular that um, it's a little bit scary going into 2017 and knowing some of the bigger, I mean, some of the massive games are coming out like Horizon Zero Dawn um, and some others oh, and, and worrying that worrying what kind of bugs we're going to see in some of these and what people are going to like what their experience is going to be because I don't want a consumer to buy a game and go oh I can't win this level because my warthog flew off the fucking map like that's <laughs> that's not fair that's not they paid 60 bucks for that yeah how about Sniper Elite 4 we both played that as well my review's coming out well the podcast will be live so it's coming out tomorrow um I the AI in that game was atrocious I thought it, it, yeah, so, it was so remarkably dumb. I, I haven't seen it something that bad in, in quite a while. Um, I'd have to go through my review did, playlist to find one that was like... like. Are you close up, Maddie? when you fight? Are you um, more of a close fighter? I did both. I'd snipe as many as I could from a distance, and then I'd move in. But if you got like spotted, for example, then they would like try to orient around that triangulation mechanic they have in the game and you just literally move out of it and, and they'd all yeah be open to kill and it was it was so easy to exploit that's the thing it was it was beyond easy to break the game and just be like okay i'm gonna intentionally get caught here if i want to do this i didn't but just get intentionally spotted here shoot my just shoot my gun into the, the air for f- fuck's sake then just move out of that area and kill him from behind so I didn't have as many issues there, but I'm very meticulous. So it was usually I was one shot only when sound was happening. Like, for example, the first level was many hours. Um, I did speed up after that because I was like, OK, <laughs> I got to actually finish this. Yeah. But um, I, I thought that there were improvements in the leader system, which I really liked. If you killed the leader, they sort of had more issues. It sounds like you almost killed the leader prior to that actually occurring because it sounds like you already had AI that was dumb. Yeah, for um, me, it was I, like I, they were already reacting Stupid. in a strange way yeah before i shot the leader it's a good point i i almost forgot about that but yeah not because i'm thinking of my specific examples on mission three but it, it was just like a bunch of uh jaeger troopers i think they were called and yeah but what were you yeah, saying it's 
Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, that's like that's one of the situations where I just didn't have anywhere near as many issues with the AI. I, I saw some improvements that weren't in three, like like some things that they did. But then I did see and I even talked about this in my review. I said, I've poached eggs smarter than that was than these. funny. Here's the problem. though. <laughs> right after that, I said, but at the same time, they do this and this well. And a lot of people are like, oh, you said the AI was great. And I'm like, no, actually, I made it quite clear that it's almost like they have some things they're good at. For example, their tactics can be okay at times, but their 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 almost emergent AI, like searching the areas, isn't the best. Like, yeah, they'll walk d- up to that, a you bush know, and just go, and you're just your your head's blatantly sticking oh, out of the bush, and they're like, right there, just looking yeah. around. Your gun is against their forehead, yeah. and they're like, hmm, nobody's here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it can be a little ridiculous where it, it becomes less of your shrouded in cover in that little bush area to this is just a blatant game mechanic, which can kind of break you out of things, in my opinion. Um, yeah, Sniper Elite 4, it, as a whole, I viewed as, you know, when it's good, it's very fucking good. You know, the le- when I'm talking about level right. design, all that stuff, the AI, when it's good, it's very good. But then, like you said, yeah, it could break off and, and just be very, very bad. Um, that's how I felt about the level design. I felt level 1 was the best mission in the game. That was, hands down, my favorite mission because it had the... You know, the high sniper purchase, but it also had the up-close-and-personal-in-the-valley combat. With You know, you take out your silenced pistol, work your way through there. I loved how the level was so vast and expansive where, say I fucked up in an area, not the entire map knew where I was, and this applied to the entire game, mind you, but you know, it, it opened up that there were some improvements there that if someone knew where I was, not the entire level did, just that section did, and I can quiet things down. Um, where I felt there were a lot of levels where it was pistol elite for, not even joking, where, yes, even with the additional suppressed ammo for my sniper, I was using my pistol at least 60% of this game, which it just Oh, didn't, wow, it, that's, we play way different than, yeah. dude, I, I shot it like 20 times in the entire that, game. That may boil down the playstyle. For wow. me, it, it was more yeah. so, you know, I'd kick the, the generator, make a sound mask, snipe off as many as I could. But then to get to the objective, I had to go in, right? I had to. Right. And so when I got in there, then I was using my pistol a ton. It really wasn't a 50-50 split. I, I definitely found myself to get to that position for the sniper and, and to get to the objective, I was more so using my pistol where I felt other sniper elite games did a good job of putting you in that position where you're just picking people off from a distance and they're just right. frantically running about like, what the fuck is happening? And I've always found that was what was satisfying being the killer from meters away and i say this in my review as well that i really appreciate that they were forcing you out of your comfort zone that you can't just kill from a distance constantly that would kind of get monotonous but i just feel that they didn't put sniping at the forefront as much as i would have but like i said it might just or like you said rather it might just boil down to play style really yeah i just rated it a wait for a sale i think that there's um it sounds like you're doing somewhat the same it's just one of those things where there are some good. It well, it's, I love it's the pretty much. What, I wish I had some it, some good player base. Multiplayer was good. It's scoring about eighty on. Um, it goes up and down depending on mm-hmm. who reviews on Metacritic and Open Critic. And I actually think that makes sense because some people are going to think it's more of a sixty, right? Depending on bugs and how they play. Mm-hmm. And other people will experience even less issues than I do and think it's a uh, you know eighty five or, or ninety, which I'd yeah. be surprised if mm-hmm. they thought that. But it's possible. But it makes sense. It's it's actually the score I see is actually pretty fair for it because yeah, I would say I mean like where you draw the whole, the whole series has been around the eighties in my opinion. Yeah, yeah it hasn't right. gone like up or down from there. Um, I'm just going through my review playlist to see if there was any other games that were 
really buggy last year. Uh, last well, Guardian. Recore. 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 Dude, remember Recore? <laughs> Almost forgot. Recore I, I, was that a one's disaster. literally jammed into the back of my brain because <laughs> that is some serious shit. Mafia 3, there's one. Um, Mafia 3. Yeah, yeah there, there was some, some serious I'm going to be honest. I know a lot of people hate me because they're like, he hates Microsoft. And no, I don't hate anybody, but I will say that Microsoft titles on this Windows store do seem to have some additional issues that, that seem oddly connected. Um, mm-hmm. Forza Horizon 3 had a lot. I liked it and I had no problem, but there was a micro stutter issue on the PC that a large number of folks had to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, Microsoft is having a couple issues, I think, delivering really quality titles, which is really strange because I don't know if you guys know, Microsoft has their own building. I believe it's called I think it's it's called Strike or something like that, where it's got 2,000 different PCs. So developers who make games, it's 2,000 configurations. Yeah, there's a video on about uh, that shows this this huge place. Undead Labs has talked about it. And so you can go and test all these configs, and they did, and that still got through. Like, hmm. like Microsoft's got a couple issues that I, I really wish they would... F- I don't know what's going on with their QA, but a couple of these games from them in particular Feels like have just, been... just that everyone's not in sync. In their company. That's right. kind of how there I'm looking go. at it. Yeah. I, I see yeah. a lot of right. different trains of thoughts going through there where, you know, there's this confliction where you, for obvious reasons, uh, they cancel Scalebound. But it's, it's like, what's going to replace that? What are they going to do? Is this E3, which I guess we'll transition to that topic unless there's any other buggy games. Um, no. they're, they're hosting it this Sunday, not this Sunday, rather, the Sunday of Bethesda's E3 conference. And it seems like they're going to be putting the Scorpio on the forefront. What worries me about that is, is this going to turn into a kind of a console reveal tech demo where they're going to try to overshadow the fact that they don't really have any games? No, I don't think they're going to do that. You don't think so? To you be think honest. they're going to like come out hard and make like the definitive next-gen next gen console? Well, if, if you look at what Sony... like, Let's put it this way. I actually enjoyed Microsoft's E3 conference last year. But if you look at what Sony did, it was a completely different style of co- conference. It was game trailer, game trailer, game trailer. And I, I constantly see interviews with Phil Spencer, and he's accepting that we need more games, you know, especially after the cancellation of Scalebound. He's always trying to say, I'm confident in this year and the products that, products that we have. It's obvious that their conference has to focus somewhat on the Scorpio, but I highly doubt that that's going to be all of what they talk about or even the, the majority of what they talk about. I, I definitely see them talking about their new games as well. You know, say, like, I think I mentioned this in the podcast last week. They're going to start, I think, with the um, Scorpio and say, here's a new console, and then follow it with all these bunch of games that you can play it on. Because no one's going to buy it. Even though the console's stronger, no one's going to buy it unless there's new titles coming for it as well. Because a lot of the experiences that I've been hearing from Xbox players, myself included, that PS4 gets games all the time. And even some like most of them are, are, are indie titles, but you still got Horizon Zero Dawn, you've still got Crash Bandicoot, Neo. you still got games, yeah, Neo as well. I mean, yeah, so Neo, many awesome titles. Exclusive because it's not one of their traditional first party devs. So I, I always yeah, it's still that. a great game from what I hear. I right? love it's it. Hard, oh, it's, oh, it's amazing. I love Neo. But that's the exact point that I'm making is that Xbox 
isn't seeing that regular flow of titles. And sometimes that means you miss some sort of niche title, like Neo, for example, that ends up surprising everyone. Mm-hmm. And I would like to see, you know, I, again, focus on the Scorpio. We all know that you need to do that because you've teased it for so long, and this is the best time to do it. But don't spend too much on that in, in the presentation, and I don't think they will. Yeah, um, I, I was going to say, it, it feels like, especially last year, um though I might be just having a momentary lapse, it feels like Sony hasn't released many games where I find it always puzzling. And this is someone who plays on their PS4 most of the time, mind you. So I feel like I I remember it, but it it feels like last year, very lacking in exclusives. Um, I I just, I don't think of Sony, except for uh, the year of Bloodborne, really being a a year where they released tons of big exclusives. You know, I think that was the same year as... um, the Order, I think it was the same year as Until mm. Dawn, or was that Until Dawn was 2015? Regardless, though, um, wait, was Bloodborne 2015 or was that 14? It, uh, it was 15. Okay, it was, yeah. okay. So yeah, like I, I, 2015 was a year of a lot of exclusives, but I think 2016 was quite barren. If I remember, could be wrong, but yeah. So I find it weird when they compare the two because for me, I've always viewed Microsoft. I mean, they had that one year. It was 2014 where they had. Already, I think they had Sunset Overdrive. They had a lot of yeah. exclusives. Where it has, since yeah. then, I haven't had like a year with Microsoft. And I thought their launch year was good. You know, their launch lineup with like Killer Instinct. Um, I really like which Dead is Rising. still going strong too. Yeah. yeah, you know they they do a good job with those games. But yeah, since then they they also haven't really had that home run year where I think both companies really need to get on track with their exclusives, which Sony seems to have started doing this year provided horizon actually does well which it is shaping up to look pretty nice i have to admit um and neo is obviously fantastic so sony's on the right Mm. track it's up to microsoft now and uh when you look at like so i agree with loan i don't think it'll be a a, i mean some of it i i actually would say that i think they'll cover more than he probably does when it comes to this the the scorpio but i Mm. but i actually think one of the reasons why is and this is just my opinion so i know a lot of people are going to disagree but uh, the PS4 Pro has not really set people's faces on fire. And oh, yeah, you, true, you yeah. just now finally got what I like to call super, super late boost mode, which should have been done day one. <laughs> if if I was Microsoft, if I was Microsoft, what I would do is I would discuss things like boost mode or beast mode, whatever you want to call it, uh, day one for the Scorpio. So if you're going to yeah. show stuff, you're going to be like, we don't, you don't have to patch things or you don't have to wait for a firmware update. This shit just works and this is microsoft's bailiwick this is their thing they're they're the software company that handles windows they should be able to do this versus even sony this is something that they probably have a pretty good handle on they should i'm not saying they will but they should do that Mm -hmm. and then um i would like to see them show so so there is one indie game and i've covered it twice on the channel i've had the developers on that i actually do feel and people are totally going to not agree with me but I do feel it's Nint- or I feel it's Microsoft Zelda, and I have for a long time. It's called Ashen. Mm-hmm. And oh, I thought you were going to say it, Rhyme at first or something like that. No, no. So two years ago, Ashen was on the main stage, but Cuphead beat him out when it came to popularity. Like Cuphead was announced, people were like, "Oh shit, it looks unique." Ashen looks like Zelda, but Dark Souls. Like mm. the shit that they show. Mm. It is insane. And talking to Derek, the, the the guy who one of the head programmers, they a lot of them come from um, Lord of the Rings special effects designers. Some come Ooh, from wow. different companies. Ooh, and one of the things that they the showed, 
they showed this amazing <laughs> scene. So this world is basically all it, it basically the only light in their entire world is a volcano that occasionally bursts. And it's sort of a day night cycle with this volcano firing up. So they have daylight, but there's a lot of wind. And one of the major mechanics is using your shield to sort of kite into different locations. It's a third part per- person style, you know, Zelda style game. Yeah. And the, the combat and shit they showed, it's ashen-game.com, I think, online. And um, I believe that, I believe, since they already showed them two years ago, I believe that we'll probably see them uh, on the main stage again. And then Agent. I think that Agent is Microsoft's ace in the hole if they deal it right. Agent 3. Uh, right? Uh, not Agent, I'm sorry. Um, Isn't that a Rockstar game, Agent? Yeah, yeah, it's not Agent. It's uh, um, the, the game with this Crackdown. Okay. Crackdown 3. I think yeah. Crackdown Three is like their ace in the hole, and yeah, if they if they nail people. it, because yeah. and know, not only I mean they, they I don't know if you ever watched the alpha tech demos on how they handle destruction piece by piece and how the the yeah. processing works for that fantastic stuff. And so yeah, I'd imagine only with time it's that technology is improved where they've been very quiet on the game, and if they can manage to bring in the co op to that like they did in previous Crackdown games, oh my god, fully destructible oh. city. One other thing, so uh, I, as a fan, Maddie and I, I think, oh, I think Maddie's a fan of State of Decay. Am yes. I wrong? Yes, I so am. Yeah, the rumor State. is, there is a rumor going around that some people who've seen the new State of Decay, like, are mm. beyond ecstatic it's about it. There was, wow. there was a couple, uh, so the, there's, there's just rumors, but some of the people that I trust are like, there, if there's one game that you should actually watch for, it's State of Decay 2, because their plans for one didn't come to fruition and those are going into two. And if you guys understand anything about State of Decay and you look at what they hoped for with the co-op gameplay, movable mm. bases, all this stuff, holy shit. If that had a good frame rate and... Dude, I love oh the my, first one. So, so I, I already do know I'm going to walk into the... Looking at the second one like optimistically. So yeah, for yeah, sure I I'm going to be excited wait. about that. But yeah... I, Oh, man, I can't wait for that game. Yeah, you don't even have to tell me like look for that because I, you know, that's one title that I really and it's have my janky, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it, Maddie? Yeah. it's janky as fuck. Yeah, it is. The <laughs> like, first one's definitely. I haven't played it on PC. I only played it on the 360. So yeah, it's definitely from my experience like a sloppy game. Yeah, but um, it's it's such a brilliant idea. It's it's just a lot oh, of fun. Dude. Very different. Um, yeah, I, I love State of Decay. So seeing a second one, hearing those rumors, that's exciting stuff. But how about in general that Microsoft has moved their conference to Sunday afternoon? Same day as Bethesda. Bethesda used to own Sunday. You know, they used to kill it before. <laughs> really, let's be honest. Uh, you know, I know we did, all love did, did Bethesda Did you see here, but, um, Bethesda's tweet? Yeah, they're yeah. like, imitation is the greatest form of flattery. Flat, bleh, I can't speak. Flatter. What the fuck's the word? Flattery. Sincerest form of flattery. Flattery. Yeah. Jesus Christ. And so... Um, <laughs> Yeah, they threw shade Microsoft's way, but I thought this was interesting because it seems like Microsoft's looking to have their own day. Instead of it's not Microsoft first, then Snow- Sony later that night, it's Microsoft's day, Sony's day. That's how I'm yeah. viewing it. I, mean, I, I think that's pretty tactical. That, that gives a full 24 hours of people talking about, in addition to Bethesda games, which won't, obviously, in, in terms of, I guess, the number of clicks and the number of articles, there's probably going to be more stuff on Microsoft. Over Here's Bethesda. the thing I just thought of. Bethesda's always in bed with Microsoft. I know. That's what I was actually going to say. I was going to say, that ju- right are. when you said that, they're always in bed with Microsoft. I wouldn't be surprised if there was some joint type of thing Fallout going 4. on. VR. Fallout 4 VR showed on the Scorpio. Yeah. 
something like that. That that would not well, surprise well, me that, at that, all. Well, that's that's an interesting question. If like I, I think obviously Scorpio is going to have some sort of VR. I, are they still doing that thing with with Oculus? Is that still happening? I don't know. Man. I don't know. That's what I wondered too. Like, but I was going to say. Um, also, I think on Sunday, Maddie, maybe why they switched is maybe Lone and I are both wrong, and Sunday is going to be Scorpio Day. And then um, Monday is just going to be so Scorpio. We're going to show tech stuff. We're going to have Bethesda maybe come on, maybe Bioware, whatever. And then the next day is just games, right? They and, shouldn't and do that. No, no. that'd be interesting. I, I hope they don't. They, 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 I, if they just had a conference or something that was just all Scorpio, they would get slaughtered online because people are going to constantly say, well, it's nice that I have a nice new console, but where are the games to play it on? And I, I still think there's a lot of bad blood after Scalebound was, um, was cancelled. So I'm shocked. I'm surprised most people didn't go, it's a weeb game or some shit. Hmm. Well, and Scalebound looked like shit. So most of the people I know were like, thank God. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It was a cool concept. concept. It was a cool concept. Yeah, they, they yeah. needed to either cancel that or polish it for another five fucking years. Oh, dude. You know, I mean, if did that money go to to Crackdown? Like, that's the thing. You know, you look at a title and you decide, Maybe, can we yeah. continue to publish this? No. When you say no, you're turning around halfway. That money's gone. So Microsoft must have yeah. really not been happy. That's the yeah. uh, that's the legitimate thing. And so, mm-hmm. th- where does that money go? My hope is that they basically called up, you know, Undead Labs and called up the people doing Crackdown and were like, hey, you guys, you, you know, we're gonna fund some more developers, some more QA, whatever. I would, oh, that'd be. That'd be awesome. Quality over quantity, too. I mean, obviously, they want more quality games, but maybe cut off the the dead weight here and fund the other titles, get those working. Because, yeah, Halo Wars 2 isn't a strong start for the year. Um, I I was satisfied narratively, but, like, yeah, technical wise, investment wise, you can see it really wasn't there. Well, pretty much what they did is cut off an infected toe to save the rest of the body. I mean, <laughs> right. as Carrick said, if they can, if they can throw they can all their resources... Fallout 3 with the stomach and the, the hands <laughs> coming out of it. <laughs> no, but seriously, though, if they can throw all of their... Like, not just money, like, they, they would have budgeted for Scalebound and there's probably still budget left. Throw yeah. some of that budget, throw some of the resources, QA, just improve as many different other games that you have in development as, as you can. And I think that's a better result in the end. I'd rather see that than uh, all the the quality of all the, all other Microsoft games go down a little bit, and then we have scale bound, which is just buggy from launch. Mm-hmm. That that that's not helping anyone. True. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, but uh, Bethesda's on seven. I'd say they haven't announced a time, but probably seven p.m. Uh, mm. Pacific time that night. Regardless, like I said, Microsoft says when, Maddie? Two Pacific. Two p.m. Yeah. Yeah, so what sucks about that is uh, with you know plane and hotel prices at E three. I've complained about this endlessly. Is that that means I have to go a day early, which is you know, <laughs> that's a, yeah, it's a lot. Of, it's not a cheap price, especially when you're taking a group with you because the hotel prices go up after that. But um, and, and usually check in for hotels is what like twelve one p.m. So it's just a yeah. rush period. Yeah, yeah. So. Regardless of that, though, um, Bethesda's E3 conference that night, we, we've made a podcast and we'll, we'll make another one, probably trying to get Shinobi on for his, you know, annual leakster ways <laughs> when, the, <laughs> when the E3 stuff talk uh, starts getting going. But for now, Maddie, any... when that podcast happened, I have to say, though, quickly, the amount of news articles about our podcast were insane. Yeah. I was yeah. like, the I, fuck? Like, like, I didn't he was just it. on his roll, I was just like, wow. He's just going to like... Shinobi, shut the fuck up! Yeah. 
<laughs> he isn't rolling. Mind you, I'm, I'm hoping he'll come on. I, I, I mean, he said he'd love to come back on, but we haven't uh, talked to legend, him for a yeah. while. Um, but anyway, Bethesda, any just bare bones predictions that you just want to toss out there while the conversation's there? I think we're going to get a, a new announcement of some sort. Like we, well, what, really? what do we have? Holy shit! A new announcement at E three. Well, no, no, but like, th- th- think about it this way: last year we had Bethesda come out. Obviously, there were leaks beforehand, but Skyrim Special Edition. W- no one was expecting. Was it Quake Legends? Right, Quake Champions, something. Quake yeah. Champions or some shit. I'm confusing us with Elder Scrolls Legends, but I. I don't think that they have enough uh, titles actually positively announced now to justify another E3 conference. And we keep talking about that. They need content to fill an entire conference. Otherwise, it's just going to be somewhat boring. I, I, I foresee something new coming. Don't know, I have no idea what that could be. But. I, I think I'm, I'm actually expecting them to... I'm, I'm just you know throwing it out there. I, I honestly expect them to break away from Skyrim and from Fallout, and do an open world in some other... Starfield! Yeah. Starfield! Yeah, I don't, I don't know why, but I really do think that, like, they themselves, uh, I mean, a lot of the people themselves are like, hey, you know, let's do something a little different, and the idea of doing something like that would be, I think for a lot of people, would be pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I would I like to there. see one. They're, they're fucking, they're working on a, a space game. I'd, I'll be fucking stunned if they're not. Um, yeah. But... When will it be announced? I hope this year. I, I wouldn't be shocked if it was this year. I really wouldn't. I know a lot of people will be, but like I've said for a while that it's entirely possible with the way they develop games, and especially because they've expanded now, they totally could make yeah. a, have a game out this year. Um, and I think, yeah, and like Carrick said... We're talking said, about Bethesda Game Studios, right? Yeah, and I think, like Carrick yeah. said, it would behoove them probably to break away from ES and Fallout and do a yeah. new universe. Um, yes, it would increase their workload, but I don't think it's too far-fetched to imagine with Elder Scrolls currently being handled in a way by ZeniMax Online that Fallout would be handled by someone else, where all their yeah. series would not go dormant. I think it's very well possible. Well, let's put it this way, right? I mean, when Fallout 4 was announced, it was obviously the E3 presser, and then six months later, it was released. If that happens again, that means whenever this new game is released, it's two years from the release of Fallout 4. So, like, obviously, if this was old BGS without Montreal, we probably wouldn't have seen a game turned around that fast. But now, I very much see that happening. Something, you know, again, being announced at E3, something that we haven't seen, and being released at the end of the year. That six-month release window, it, it's, I, I just love that. It's such a quick turnaround, and it it's is, not like it's years of building norm, up. Which is good. It should become a norm, because... Yeah. How many, th- like, it, it also just prevents gamers from getting disappointed about, you know, like, you know what happens when, when games are, are talked about very early on, promises can be made, and they can be truthful at the time, and they yeah. might, you know, not eventually happen because that's how development works. It would cut down on that. It would cut down on disappointment. I think it that quick build-up hype worked brilliantly for Fallout 4. I think it could work really well for something else. Oh, man. It worked pretty damn well. You see Mass Effect's doing it. Mass Effect ha- has their own loot crate, too. They're completely copying Fallout 4. It's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, but um, outside of Bethesda Game Studios, I think... I'm hoping, rather, Evil Within 2. I've really wanted that for a couple of years oh, yeah, now. Yeah. So I'm really hoping for that. If Actually, going back to Bethesda Game Studios for a sec. If, there, let's say, there was a Fallout spinoff. Like, what kind of spinoff are we thinking? Are we thinking just like another kind of New Vegas? Are we thinking like 
I'm not even kidding here when I say this because I know it's kind of a meme, but like Fallout Online. Seriously, genuinely. Because you, you look at ESO, how it started off, people were like, fuck this. Now people are like, I love this for the most part. There's still obviously and will always be that section of the fan base that's like, this is an Elder Scrolls. But for the most part, it's very well received. Um, do you think there's a chance that they just say Fallout Online because then you can just do that continuous support? Fallout's in the news. Fallout's out there. There's just something current, mm-hmm. long-running Fallout so that maybe Bethesda Game Studios can focus on this new universe, Starfield. No way. No way. I don't think so. You no. don't think so? I, I, don't, I don't think Fallout works as well. Fallout and Skyrim both are about the single-player stuff, and then ESO has done a pretty good job, I think, about adding the MMO. But I also think that ESO and fantasy and, and the populations and everything make more sense as an MMO yeah, than Fallout with yeah, less people. I was just asking, and, but yeah, that's... I, I don't want to play with Maddie killing my fucking nomads when I need to scrape and scrounge <laughs> for a single pipe. Like, yeah. I mean, that's that can be done already in the game. Um, here's the thing, though. I do feel that at some point they may look at co-op. Um, I, I, I fucking it, hope so. I, I would love for them to say, I don't think Fallout 4 VR is actually coming, by the way. But that's the oh, really? point. No, I, I, I with VR and it's and the absolute disaster VR has been, um, unless Microsoft is footing that as a exclusive in some way. I just yeah. I, I, it doesn't feel right. But if they said, "Hey, Fallout," you know, as Maddie said, um, online, I, I'm not as excited about that. But if they said like a Fallout, ex, you know, New Vegas style thing, but it was co-op, <sighs> fuck, I would that's I would love to, to play because then a squad or two people or you know, a couple, if they want to play, that's one thing. I just think of Fallout what, Tactics. That's, that was a game that... Yeah. Um, Correct, yeah. I don't think that, was, yeah. that wasn't that was co-op, but, you know, that was a game about going out with your squad and mm. tackling missions, and I could see, right. not that similar formula, but the idea of going out with one or, you know, one to four people, I don't think that's too far-fetched in a Fallout but, game. I really don't. Um, but, does it break Does it break some of the, like, I'd say immersion or, like, the the intensity and atmosphere of the universe? Arguably so, because it's always been known as a single-player franchise, for sure. Right. But I guess and that depends on how you play your games. If I have a bunch of friends who are very, you know, we, we have, like, that fun, don't get me wrong, but, like, if we're in a serious story game, like, we're really into it, we're, yeah, I, I don't think the atmosphere would take a hit because of all of us are playing together. But not everyone but plays it's, it. But it's not just the atmosphere. Like, I, I don't think it's just, like, the atmosphere of it being a single-player game. I think if... Mechanics, a little bit. It, it, it is. Right? Put it this way, right? If you look at how Borderlands as a co-op game is structured, every like so many different aspects of that game had to be custom fit for the fact that it is co-op. So, for right. example, when you're in a menu, time still plays. It's real time. When you go to a new area, you have to confirm that everyone's ready to go to the new area. And that's just not how Fallout is geared. Right now, when you talk to someone in the Fallout universe, or at least with Fallout 3, I can't even remember with Fallout 4. I just, haven't played that much, but when you talk to someone in Fallout 3 in New Vegas, time around you stopped, yeah, right? It does when not. You look for, in the four, yeah, for in Skyrim, it does not. Well, well, there you go. But then when you when you look at your pit boy, time stops. Yes, yeah. that can't happen in a co op game, but right? See, that's when something you go I expected into... with Fallout 4. I remember making a video saying I I feel like in Fallout 4 the pit boy doesn't stop time, and it ended up being the same thing a pause screen, which I never really agreed with. I feel like. Because before Fallout 4, they were kind of hyping it up as more of a survival experience. And in the beginning of the game, I thought it was actually a little bit more difficult than the other Fallout games. Uh, 3 New Vegas, I mean by that. Um, where I thought, you know, the pausing of the Pip-Boy and healing, uh, just, it, it didn't lend itself 
to the universe it was creating where I, I think, yeah, a real-time Pip-Boy, just in general for the series, regardless but, but of what direction Sometimes, it though, it is necessary because Fallout does have a lot of item management and, and you need to repair... Uh, well, at least, not in Fallout 4, you don't need to repair, fuck. But at least that when you're going through your Pip-Boy, sometimes you have a bunch of items. It makes sense in that way for time right. to stop. But even not just your Pip-Boy, Vats. Even though Vats now is slow motion, it's still one of those things where it stops or it changes time. There are so many different things on a mechanics level that Fallout would have to change if it was going to be co-op. And it would have to be very similar, again, to Borderlands. You, you can't have, mm-hmm. you know, you entering a, a house without someone else being like going into that house automatically. There would need to be some sort of confirmation. So maybe a co-op Fallout game can't be as open world technically. Like, can't... Can you have someone you still... that's that far away from your teammate? The reason I think you could still do Vats is because I think of, like, Max Payne 3 and its multiplayer. Love that game, by the way. It's one of my favorite Rockstar games. And how I remember specifically there was a ability you could do where you could, like, do a vintage Max Payne, you know, diving and shooting your dual pistols, and it would enter slow-mo. But it was only when someone was in that cone vision. I'd imagine if, you know, each player, client, whatever, had their own cone so to say vision mind you this is all the technical stuff there where you could enter vats maybe not slow-mo but you could still target body parts and zoom in on them and then pick your shot still a multiplayer though i don't think i don't think that's impossible but how would that look as the other player looking into that right so say if you're targeting a but if you're targeting a body part of an enemy that's clearly there for both of you what if another player just decides to kill that enemy could it could that other player kill that enemy they don't you know let's say on my screen, I'm zoomed in that classic Vats look like, we'll say, for Fallout 4 where it slows down time. On their yeah. screen, you know, they're to the left in another piece of cover. They just see the, like, the little just HUD of, like, and it's highlighting what I'm selecting. So you know that person's being targeted. And, like, you'll see, like, it go from a light green to a dark green where, like, based off where I'm targeting that body part. And then, you know, you know, okay, that person's being targeted. I'm not going to shoot at them. I'm going to shoot at someone else. So I, I think... Mm. I think it actually is possible. I'm just mind you, I'm basing it off of Max Payne 3. Where they they slowed down a piece yeah. of the map, a piece of the multiplayer, not for everyone, just whoever was in that cone. And mind you, it wasn't like a a MOBA where you see an actual cone appear. It's just based off how the game programmed it and you just learned the mechanic of that move through just mm. how the game worked. Just an idea. But, uh, the, you know, yeah, I, I, but I'm then how how would you single player? I'm not against either or really. No, no, but but then the question is, how would you manage just the the nature of the world? Again, using Borderlands as an example, well, that's, that's there's your best set, point, yeah, is for sure. That there there are set areas, right? There there are set areas in Borderlands where, like, they're, they're pretty big to be honest. Before you actually need to use a portal to go to another area, they're relatively large. But you're going to have to have that to some sort of an extent in Fallout. And it's just not going to feel open world anymore. Borderlands isn't really open world. It doesn't feel like that. You can't transition to different areas really easily. Yeah, but the other thing too with Borderlands is you don't stop for conversations. You you get a quest, you get an audio log, it starts a quest, you go there, you do this. I'm not not trying to generalize it because I have a blast of Borderlands. But that's what you do. With Fallout, like you said, you stop for conversations. I think this would over maybe simplify the role playing in practice, uh, just from the way I'm thinking about it, because then you'd have to add multiple conversation options, which is possible. I don't know if anyone out there has played a uh, character. I know you have Divinity Original Sin, but multiplayer co-op play, you can do differentiating choices and still role play as the character you want to be, 
without your friend having to agree, like, okay, that's how I want to play the game. So you, and then you can do like mm. a rock, paper, scissors type game to decide on what you're going to say in a conversation. Um, you know, I, I think it's possible, but yeah, you point being is they have to build around it and that might disrupt yeah. the original vision they have when pre-producing yeah, that's the game. Exactly right. yeah. 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 It's weird that we're having to discuss it because there isn't much announced. That's what's actually weird to me. Mm-hmm. It's like, what's going to actually happen that Sunday? Cause I mean, any of that could you know happen. What, does this every year, random... They, they, not, not to cut you off long, I just think they do this every year. They have the announcement for E3. You're like, what the fuck are they going to do? They have... Last time they did this, they had Wolfenstein the Old Blood. Uh, last year, I think they had... What came, well, the new Wolfenstein is, is due. Yeah, but what came out in spring so, last year? They always have, like, a spring game before their dishonor. E3. Um, oh, but this year, it's Prey, and then ESO... Morrowind, I think, is right before E3, and then E3 What happens. was Wolfenstein called? What was the Wolfenstein tease in the last year's E3? Uh, uh, yeah, the New Colossus. The New Colossus, so maybe we see that. I was going to say, all right, as a, as a really random thing, this is probably not going to happen, but look at what we just saw come on Xbox One backwards compatibility in the last week. Maddie? Maddie? We saw Rage. Oh, Rage yes. 2. <laughs> Pete said it wasn't impossible, man. He was like, it's not impossible to imagine a sequel. I'm like, you're fucking right. Let's go. Make a definitive <laughs> edition and put a fucking sequel next to that sucker. That oh, or, yeah. uh, I'd like to see Brink get another try. No, fuck off. No, Maddie, sorry. No. Just another it, try. Uh, Take another crack. I know nothing about this game. Just, to, just from complete what I read, reboot. I'm like, that sounds okay. Like, let's try it, try it again. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, t- isn't it like co op based and stuff, right? I, the only time I remember playing, I remember I was at my friend's house and he's like, yeah, um, I saw this game, like the trailer showed you leaping over wall, like platforms and watch. shit. I'm like, all right, it looks cool. I'm going to watch it gameplay was on bad. my phone while you guys keep talking. That's what yeah, I'm... it was supposed to be like parkour shooter. Yeah, and, and it just it just wasn't a good game. It, was, it, it didn't look good. That was the very first thing that I thought of. The gameplay was really janky. Yeah, wasn't a big fan. Maybe if they reboot it. And, and this is the thing that I will say is that look at what happened with Prey. Look at what happened with yeah. Wolfenstein. These these were games that were in development, got cancelled, and then were rebooted into a much different form, which Prey is looking to... Again, I played it for that first hour. The story is really interesting. Mm-hmm. I think that game is going to be a very good game. Obviously, Wolfenstein was a very, do, very good game. Do you game. know what my comments were loaded with? I'm not taking this away from him, by the way, but do you know what my comments were loaded with about Prey? They're like, Chris what? Avalon's writing it. Obviously, it's going to be good. And I'm like, because like they're doing the oh. Obsidian joke again. <laughs> but I will say, though, I will no, say. No, any game that, he's pro- involved in, I can think of, writing wise, has always been spectacular. I mean, it's. it's uh, and and that was the thing. When I played the, the first hour, nothing. It wasn't the gameplay, it wasn't the setting or anything like that. It was the story that gripped me more than anything else. And it, like, even when, when, like, maybe this, this is going to be a little bit of spoiler, but that first time when everything starts getting fucked up, it felt like System Shock. Mm-hmm. It was like purple lights, and then you picked up a wrench. I'm like, this is cool. This yeah, is well, Bioshock. Yeah, people, people were like, None of that dude, stuff. You, you spoiled something, Maddie. I'm like, you realize, like, they the reason they didn't put an NDA or a, a fucking embargo on certain things that I could say is because there's way more to the story than, than what I it's talked the about. First hour. It's yeah. the first hour. But the wow, thing I was saying like that. Garbage. Even, I'm watching gameplay right now. I'm sorry for what I said no. earlier. I have never that seen what? this game before, but I mean, just like reading it, just the basic fundamentals. Yeah, but I, I guess what I was saying about um, 
what I was saying about uh, what's it called? Prey is that even with those cool Easter eggs, even with those cool things like the glue gun, for example, that you could climb up walls with. Wait, the what? thing that sticks in my mind the most was the story, and and, and I think again having Chris Avalon as a writer would add to that. Wait, you can climb up walls with the glue gun? Like you can shoot little glue things and on the wall, and they stick, and you step up them. Yeah, yeah that's cool. They didn't fucking tell me that. <laughs> That's fucking. That awesome. you, they were like, dude. There's so much shit in that one hour demo that you could have done that you didn't. Like, you could have used that glue gun in the big area in the big hall, climbed up the wall, and got up to other platforms. Holy fuck! That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I know it's pretty cool, right? That is very cool. Wow. Yeah, that's that's arcane for you. <laughs> that really mm-hmm. is. Um, but yeah, moving on. Let's let's talk about some real news here. Let's talk about some good news. Something to really get your blood pumping out there. They'll really get the audience springing out of their seat. Let's talk about Sony. <laughs> Let's talk about the recent patent. Let's talk about this Switch-esque handheld console. Uh, Dude. Go on. Fuck yes. They, they, I told you. I told you. They are going to do another fucking Vita. They're not going to no, call it not. the Vita. They're going to pull a Nintendo, walk away from the Vita name. But it's going to be a Vita like no. in, in in Seoul. Until I, and it looks awesome. There's... Two thumbsticks again, but they're actually, it's like, it, it's literally like the Switch. You, it looks like two sides of a PS4 DualShock Connect. Um, it, it hasn't shown in the blueprints if they're removable, but then you got the nice tablet-like screen in the middle. I'm telling you, bro, it looks patents, like a... Patents are made all the time, and most of the time they don't result in shit. Stop. Just, I'm, I'm, t- I'm trying not to get your hopes up. Stop your shit. Carrick, just get this guy in order, please. <laughs> We're not getting a Vita. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, I, I don't. I, the patents mean nothing. So uh, there's Thank so you. many patents. Thank that's, you. Not, that's not true. But but <laughs> if if it if it does get made, uh, that's you know there there's some issues with the 3ds and issues with handhelds I have, and Sony's a pretty good company at trying to fix some of those. So I'd be really happy to see it. But patent the pat. I mean, I used to follow patents pretty closely, and then realized after a while, I'm like, oh shit! For every one thousand patents, one uh-huh. thing comes out of it, possibly if it makes it to final whatever. Mm-hmm. So I usually don't watch those too close. I saw Maddie's post and, and, and uh, in Discord and, and looked it up and then checked out some of the posters who had originally talked about it. And uh. I mean, in all honesty, it looks, as somebody else said, I think they said it in Discord, man, that looks severely rough for 2015 patent. And it actually does, which also begs a question, if that's real, um, what year are we talking about? <laughs> and, mm-hmm. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, when would that come out? You know, it popped up last year. I don't know if this is an updated one or something like that. But what it shows to me, but what's more exciting is is that it shows for me personally interest. I hope, yeah, for sure, uh, yeah. that they're at least looking into other ideas. Like they're not ignoring, like, okay, the Vita wasn't really that successful. Let's just not do handhelds. They're at least open, possibly, to the mm-hmm. idea. Yeah, but one thing, Maddie, you should. This is also the same company that brought out a patent that would sell you Doritos if they saw you eating eating it with their <laughs> with their camera, their USB camera. There was a patent about them running commercials by looking at what you had in your house. So let's hope that doesn't happen what? at the same time. What the yeah, fuck? Yeah, there's yeah. Sony's run some pretty weird patents. All right, Sony yes, Microsoft, they have because I remember they said they they had, they were deciding between like the touchpad or a, yeah. a mechanic that like created smells in game. So while you're playing. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Like, if I'm there in was like, a, a that, that's called the nozulus rift, right? That actually yeah. exists. <laughs> there was some pretty crazy stuff with Sony and Microsoft, especially during the Kinect days, where they were both fighting for 
patents. And what that really happens is one company hears a rumor and then they, they write up a patent and they try to patent their stuff. Mm. So it's not really that crazy. But um, yeah. the shit was nuts. It was like, you know, we're going to run this commercial, you know, because of what we see with our USB cameras and uh, stuff. It's completely possible. I'm not excited anymore. I get it. I, 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 I think uh, if they release one, here's what, I, here's what I, I, I hope it's super powerful and that, um, and that it has all Sony, uh, that it's just completely compatible. Because anything now, that's one of the problems with, I think, handhelds. Now that Switch is coming out, you can't really release a handheld and say it's got its own games. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like Sony couldn't say, Sony couldn't say this is a Vita, uh, and and it's only got Vita. It only runs Vita games. They have to basically say this also runs PS5 games because or or four. This is this is the question that I I think we we should really be talking about. Does like is there a place for a dedicated handheld yes. gaming console? And, and hold on, hold on, hold on. Stupid we, we know, question. No, it's not a stupid question because we know. That the 3DS has done well, okay? Obviously, it's done fantastically well. Mm-hmm. We've right. seen, though, with the Switch, then I, I, I feel, still think they're lukewarm on supporting the 3DS in the very long term. Definitely in the short term, I think they're going to be committed to that. But if the Switch proves really, really well, I see them saying, you know what? We're going to focus on this. We're going to yeah, put all yeah, our resources in this. It. And that's first and foremost a, a, a home console and get and a handheld console second. I think that the future could possibly be that. It could possibly be oh, having so a happy. Switch console. I love handhelds, man. They can never go. They're part of its nostalgia. But I'm the talking about wonder, dedicated hand. Yeah, I know. Consoles, people wonder man. why though. Like why I, like I'm so hellbent on like the Vita is awesome, 3DS is okay. Um it's because I, I it's I grew up with them and I play them all the time. And there there has not been like a moment where I have not had a handheld. Yeah. Um, so it, it just for me, it's like, it's always exciting seeing them continue. Cause I can understand why they could possibly fade. You got mobile games on your phone. You literally have your phone that's connected to everything. Why not just put games there? It's, it's convenient. It's always with you. It's an easy platform for developers to sell to a mass market. I get it. Uh, but so it, it's always just like, oh yes, like another handout. That's why I admire Nintendo. I'm so excited for the Switch, by the way, because, because I'm going to PAX the weekend after it comes out, and so I'm gonna in the car <laughs> in my fucking hotel. Yes. I'm gonna be playing Zelda, and I'm actually really excited for Zelda. I can't lie; like I'm not a Me Zelda too. guy. You know that I've talked about it before. I'm really excited for Zelda, though, because the Game Informer magazine came in for that. Um, I've been like really just faintly paying attention to stuff. I really want to discover it and and have that Zelda experience. Even though I'm talking about how people felt with um, how I felt with Twilight Princess. Where it was like, wow, yeah. I actually really fucking like this. I kind of want to feel that again. So mm. that's what I'm really hoping for. But you, my plan with, with the Switch is to play Breath of the Wild and then go on the virtual console, which I'm assuming there's going to be a virtual console for this. They haven't really talked about it. But replaying all the major Zelda games, I, I just cannot fucking wait for that. But I, I just, I, I personally just don't think there really is a place for a dedicated handheld console. Like, moving forward, we I know that mobile games and even dedicated gaming console games are even very different mobile games you, we're not seeing like a pokemon style game on a mobile like we are on the 3ds but i still don't think that there's a big enough market to support that and maybe i think sony is just experimenting with something like the switch mm-hmm. because nintendo is doing it and if it's very popular oh look at this patent that we have we, we can now put more r&d into it and, and develop it further so the way i look at it i know it's a very small 
small sample size when I say this. I just look at packs. Everyone's got their fucking 3DS out there. Everyone on that's true. That is very does. true. And yeah. I, I know that's still a place where you're going to find more hardcore gamers than um, than just you know the casualized people. But I think, like you said, the success of the 3DS shows that there's definitely an interest if there's support for games. I think there's always an interest in a console if the games are good enough. That's how. That's kind of what I believe. Um, it, at times, though, because that argument can just fight against itself because the Wii U has really good exclusives. The Vita also, I think, has really good exclusives. Both systems failed. So, Nintendo has the best exclusives. I, I will yeah. say that confidently. But it, it's really... I think it's very market dependent which is why i'm a little afraid for the switch is because there are still a lot of questions unanswered and the system comes out in like a couple of weeks so they should start answering questions i i think they really need to clarify a lot um not just one super bowl commercial in the fourth quarter you know like start <laughs> pumping out more commercials start investing in marketing no but they are the, like they are though like have you seen the nintendo youtube channel there the, there is a fair bit on that it but it doesn't go into huge detail it's i think they're they more adverts because like with youtube and, bit, and yeah. stuff i mean character really opened my eyes to that that yeah like with with youtube and stuff you're targeting more of the hardcore audience which is always good you want to please them but you want to expand beyond that and just get people in general talking about it because then you'll reach another hardcore gamer through that um, where, where someone who's just kind of okay into video games will see a commercial on TV. Hey, what do you think about the Switch? Ask your because I think everyone who's like maybe a little bit less of a, a a freak gamer has that one friend who is big into gaming. I think everyone's got that friend, and so they just go to him. What do you think of the Switch? And that's how you get the conversation mm-hmm. going. I think so. I think they they truly need to start reaching out more in the mass promotion kind of way. Where <laughs> I think of Skyrim Special Edition, dude. I mean, I watch TV during every dinner. I usually have the NHL network on. It seems like any channel I went on, that fucking game, a re-release, had more commercials than anything I've fucking seen. I couldn't believe it. Every five seconds, Dova Keaton, I'm like, fucking shit, stop, Bethesda. Like, it's everywhere. I could not escape it. But that was good marketing because the game fucking sold really well. So it's I hope Nintendo's got money in the bank to go ahead and promote that stuff so so much money in the bank yeah i mean why let it fail try like really i'm not saying they're they're letting it fail but why not go for broke here like really go hard and try to make this your next big console i know they're probably thinking right now they're kicking back yeah we fucked up with the wii u you can't get worse than that though right and it's like well guess what (laughs) you might want to get on to to promoting this system because it could be in the same boat again that would really fucking suck yeah Mm. Mm. Anyway, Whew. I'm on a tangent there. So, uh, <laughs> hopes and dreams of mine crushed aside. Yes. About we talk about Andromeda gameplay. There was a an, <laughs> character just clutches his eyes closed. Dude, it was fucking cut like a Michael Bay film. Like, I come. <laughs> you need to. Hey, show Michael Bay is a, is a great director. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is for explosions. He should be the explosion director. But the thing is, is like I wish that was cut a little bit so you could see consistent gameplay to see how it sort of how how the loop was was happening, how your mechanisms were mm-hmm. were being handled because it was just like we're jumping, we're moving to the side, we're not, we're ducking, blah, 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 and you're like Jesus Christ. And then they were even cutting moments from other moments and then interspersing stuff in the center. So it's like a guy was moving to the right, they showed something else, and then they literally cut back and the dude was still moving to the right and did whatever he's supposed to do. It's mm-hmm. almost like when you don't have enough footage for a video game review. So, <laughs> yes. um, 
uh, no, isn't there. that what it's like? Been uh, there. I've been there too. Yeah, yeah. yeah where you like, like you think you've recorded like nine hours of gameplay? You're like, that's enough. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Nope. This yep. this fucking ten minute review does not. Have yeah, is eating up gameplay. And so, um, I, I mean, I'm excited to see it, but I think amongst you guys, I'm probably by far the lowest when it comes to excitement level for Andromeda. I'm pretty low. I that Andromeda. didn't show me much yeah. it showed some action which is cool yeah but. i've grown a little more optimistic but mind you it's it's talk talk can be cheap um like yeah. I, I covered a video or a story today on how they're saying they're taking inspiration from the witcher 3's quest i think that's good and i think they've shown that they can take inspiration maybe for better or for worse with inquisition where they're like yeah we're trying to make skyrim and you look at the hinterlands i said this before it's like holy fuck skyrim um but with that being said uh, the, the combat, yeah, definitely when they started showing, you know, I, I liked what I saw in the terms of action. I was like, okay, I can definitely see myself really engaged in this. It's not like I can just break focus and kick back. Um, right. But at the same token, when they started bringing up the leveling screen, use any weapon you want with any class, use any power. I'm just like, I fucking hate that. I really don't like that, but, you know, because I loved the old Mass Effect formula. Multiple playthroughs, different classes, every character is different. I loved that. So to see them just getting rid of that, it kills me. It really does kill me. Um, I'm hoping it works out. They said they're going to talk about that more in the next episode, along with, like, squad commands and stuff. They did show at the end, though, by the way, because you were saying you wanted to see more continuous gameplay. At the end, they did show about a minute of... And that's obviously not enough to think about a whole... I, I might have missed game. that. I, yeah, I, I didn't but see that. But at the end, so. it was, it was uh, yeah, a pretty continuous stream of gameplay where, very... you know, they took cover, they were sniping a couple of enemies up top, they were fighting a big Hydra. It did have a Mass Effect feel, obviously, but uh, I think that's important because you, you had, like, that big armored enemy, which took teamwork to take down, but you also had the yeah. other soldiers taking cover up top. So, I'm not as concerned about content, or uh, about combat, sorry. But still, I... It, the worries are there for sure. Um, it's, it doesn't exclude the fact that they're changing from more limited to, oh, you can reverse any decision. It doesn't change the fact that Inquisition sucked and Dragon Age Two sucked, and that Three had its problems. So that why would why would uh, Andromeda be any different? Um, but I, I do believe there's a chance here to turn around. I see a chance. I see an opportunity more than anything. That's what has me hopeful for the game. But who knows? What about you, Lone? I'm just... It's not a game that I'm going to pick up, to be honest. I, there's too many other things on my list that... First of all, I, I do want to ask you guys, are the Mass Effect games traditionally like very, very long games? Because I was saying some articles about Andromeda and how it's not really open world. I thought it was open world. Like, I, I, I oh, at least open world-esque. In a video, yeah. They... It's going to be built structurally a lot like Mass Effect 1. Mass Effect 1 is a shorter game. Um, they're I, just hub based. Yeah, yeah, they're hub based. I mean, they're just, yeah, they're yeah, hub based. Yeah, every every planet is its own hub. You, you haven't played yeah. Inquisition either, alone. It, you, that's a good yeah. sample as to what I imagine uh, Mass yeah. Effect Andromeda will be, where you travel to a, in Inquisition, you'll travel to a new place in Ferelden, for example, and that'll be its own hub area with its own quest structure and everything. And in, uh, Andromeda, Jesus, interesting. Always kind of gave me that same feeling. For better or for worse, hopefully the side quests aren't like an MMO. But yeah, so I'm not shocked that it said that they said it was open world, um, or that it's not open world. Do you know what bothers me the most about these games? And uh, I don't know. Maybe this is why Lone isn't picking it up uh, or isn't as excited like I am. 
one of the things I noticed, and, and this happens a lot of times in open world games and open hub games, where there's a, a narrative dissonance that occurs where like you'll have a quest in one hub and then you go to the next hub and that hub exists completely and solely separate from the hub you just went to. Yeah. And there's been a couple yeah. times where like a game will be all, you need to get gemstones because they're so rare. And then you go to the next place and it'll be like, so I've got so many gemstones that I, and you're like, <laughs> wait, wait, what? And that's one thing that, that I think is nice about Mass Effect is you'll travel to planets. So at least you know that one planet to the next, there can be a, a, a pretty big difference. But in Inquisition, I actually slightly disagree with Maddie. where, I, and this is because, uh, well, I don't disagree. I just think that less so does it feel like Skyrim, but it feels more so like ESO. Uh, the quests within Inquisition were made by MMO developers. And th- I think that mm. you can feel that. What I'm nervous mm, about, yeah. I am so nervous. I meant visually, that, sorry. I should have uh, uh, no, that. absolutely. Okay, gotcha, absolutely. What I'm nervous about, guys, is I am so nervous, so fucking nervous, that this is going to feel like Inquisition. And I liked Inquisition <laughs> where Maddie didn't, but I didn't love it. There were definite huge issues. Like, leave the hinterlands, motherfucker, because you've been here for 40 hours, mm. you know. I am so nervous that we are going to have this situation where it feels like a futuristic Inquisition where Hinterlands has been replaced by Medea 7, the new planet that's ice. And you're going to be like, it's... And then and then you have the Ubisoft thing. You can't hammer Ubisoft and not hammer fucking Bioware. So if this kind of stuff happens... That's why I'm not I, too I, confident I, about Horizon. I, I saw the Climb the Tall Horizon. structure. Zero, or, uh, Zero Dawn. Oh, mm, climb, oh, sorry. Climb the yeah. Tall dinosaur thing. Plant right. something in his fucking head. Oh, the map clears up. Look at all these objectives. I'm like, I fucking hate that i really I don't do. necessarily hate it i just think that if you're gonna hate it you need to hate it in every game right yeah, you can't absolutely. like be like you know no, i agree sure. i didn't like it i'm just very Mordor. nervous about it. you know i i just oh because i just mean so even nervous. when it's like it's just because it's a blatant you've mentioned this with um i think we were talking about some game including like arkham combat i think it was mad max it was like Oh, yeah. Wait, I, I think we were talking about how, like, if you're going to take from another game, it's not just taking from it. It's like, how are you going to evolve it, put your own spin on it, and, and make it, it forward. fit. Make it yeah, fit. and make it fit. And yeah. so for me, that's what I see with all these games, is you're just taking that formula and using it as an excuse to open up objectives on your map. It's like, why not just have you talk to someone? Maybe they're an informant for the area. Something like that, that just is different. It just seems like all these locations say, climb to the big, tall thing, there's your, your objectives. It feels less meaningful. So that's why I, I never liked it, or I liked it probably until AC2, and then every game afterwards started doing it. So here's something positive. Mm. Did you guys see in the video, the action video, that you can control pole now? You can I control where people go? That. Yep. That's that's Force Unleashed in Bioware yes. uh, games. Like yep. that, to me, you know, having that ability mm-hmm. and co-op, or not co-op, multiplayer, the ability to like have one person maybe throw a dude towards you and you shoot the dude out of the air. Like, it there's, definitely there's some combat looks great. Stuff. You gotta be honest yeah. in, in some fashion. It, uh, like he held some guy in midair, pushed him into a group, and then started burning right. with his flamethrower. I was like, okay, I can see the creativity you can bring to this. I really like that. Uh, he said something about soft cover system. I don't like soft cover all that yeah, much. Yeah, it's not push button. It's a soft cover. It is I, for sure soft cover. Yeah. I don't know about you guys. I've I, always I don't been, like it. yeah, I've I've always been iffy on soft cover because when it works, it's great. It's it's very much okay. Crouch, slide in the cover, it feels very seamless. But when it doesn't work, it's like 
fucking damn it, please stick to what I need you to. And, and when you're yes. in it, it's like hard yes. to find the edge. We're usually like the the Gears of War press A stick to cover. Then I go all the way to the edge until I can't anymore. Then I know it's safe to lean out. Where this soft cover, you just keep going around, and then all of a sudden you're poking out of cover. You're getting lit the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> who the fuck <laughs> wants a life? Who the fuck wants a life saving mechanic to have the word when it works? Yeah. Like yeah. that is bullshit. Like if my gun sometimes shot i would get another <laughs> fucking gun like this makes no sense and so soft cover that's one of the major issues with soft cover is that when it works should never be spoken mm-hmm. that makes no sense yeah. because it's a game where you're being shot at and if you can die because the game chooses to just not work that's a problem for me that's a game mechanics problem and i have an issue with soft covers because of that there are there are flat S- problems with soft cover for yeah mm-hmm yeah, but he was like I taking cover like behind it. the um, the house. I always forget the name of it. Or where you're like moving when you're trying to cover in in those kind of games, where like you'll go against a wall and then suddenly you pop out on you're on the other wall, and yeah. that's where the enemy is. Yeah. And you're all great. Yeah, it, it can be it can be catastrophic as a thing. It can really screw yeah. you over. <laughs> I I noticed they had a jump mechanic that has not been in previous yeah. Mass Effect games. For right. for reference, you have a jump pack they called it and so you could like burst around so i'm assuming there'll be a little more exploration that's cool but what i noticed was for example i think the move is called nova if you're a vanguard where you like it's so sick you fucking like your fist lights up and you pound the ground um i saw him jump and then connect to the nova so i like how maybe you can jump and string different powers together i thought that was pretty neat um, although I'm mm. not going to get insanely hyped over jumping. <laughs> it's just like, it's kind of something you expect in a game. I feel, I, I feel, not that it doesn't work High in High definition games. jumping. Yeah, not that it doesn't work in different <laughs> games, but it, it's more so that HD I, jump. I just expect jumping to be a thing, and when jumping's not, it always... There's <laughs> games where it's still not a jump, though, Maddie. There's games that recently Neo. don't have jumps. Neo doesn't have jumps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like when you play it and you're all, what the fuck, I'm glued to the ground. Yeah, What's like, going? I can like, roll, yeah. I can dive... I can spin. I can't jump. <laughs> yeah. Can, like, what the fuck? You can't even climb. It, it makes no sense. It can feel very weird. Yeah. That's for sure. Because yeah. Well, yeah, like, I don't see know. A guys. way to get up to something or get down to something or something across in the distance. You're like, if only I could jump, which any human can do. So it's it's very confusing when games don't let you jump. But, yeah, it's going to be. I don't know. I don't know what you guys think, but I just what I saw looked okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm, and, but there's so many issues with that game that, that really confuse me about what's actually, a, what's occurring when I play it, mm-hmm. that I, it just hasn't risen my excitement to that level of saying, oh man, it's more like, hmm, I'm, I'm, that's weird too, because it's army vibe in the sense of like, you did everything. Your squad was just kind oh, of right. hanging in the back, which is very not mass effect. It's very, very much m- like, go here, you go there, target that enemy, target that enemy. I'm going to get this one. This seemed more like, I'm going to fucking dash in the air, set these enemies ablaze, you fuckers sit back. Like, hold my beer. You know, that type of shit. So, I mean, yeah, I'm definitely with you. Very iffy on things, but it's slowly instilling some confidence in me. But, yeah, there's definitely some concern still there. I'm just trying to be a little more optimistic to give it that fair chance that uh, maybe it'll be worthy of. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, if this game sucks, man, I, I wonder if Bioware knows how deep in shit they are. I've said this before. I mean, they, they'll they be so utterly, in my eyes, fucked if this is another game from them that's not good. 
least yeah, it would be weird to see maybe it sell, you know, on those pre-sales sell well. It would be weird if it's tail end sales aren't good and you start having that question of like the support for the multiplayer. How is that going to be handled? You know, like what are they going to do for their next games? Does Mass Effect get shelved for a while? I don't think it'll be that situation, but I do think there's a, a, a very distinct chance of it just not resonating with as many people as they're hoping. Are there sales numbers for Inquisition? You know, I don't know. I don't know. Because that would be interesting to look at for the sake of Lo- comparison. So so Lone doesn't like... Do you just not like Bioware games, Lone? Like uh, like uh, mm-hmm. Inquisition and like uh, Mass Effect? Are those just not your style? No, it, it's not even that. It's just that I, I've never gotten into them. And oh. I, I guess it's the... This is probably to me personally, again, it, it, sure. it's at a time where I really started to, uh, I guess see the Mass Effect games, see that I could potentially like them, but I just had no time to play them. Mm-hmm. It's like that's I only have time to play one really, really big game, and that's just been Fallout, for, for lack of a better term. I did want to ask, though, are the Mass Effect games games that you could just play for the main story and just pretty much push through them, even though they're prob- yeah. they probably shouldn't be played like that? Can, can that happen? Yeah. Yeah, very much so. Very much and so. And they're not, in my eyes, they're not crazy long. One, no. One, no. Is, one is pretty short. Two is... Pushing thirty hours. Which is massive, isn't it? No, two uh, is just no, kind I... of like what people define as the best one because it carries your one your ME one data and really makes good use of it. Where three necessarily didn't when it came to the ending, so that's why two is like everyone's favorite character. I know you you said one's your favorite, right? Yeah, I'm just crunch crunchy like <laughs> or old. I, I like the old crunchy stuff a little bit better, but no, yeah, I understand, <laughs> yeah, I understand that. I, I, I like one. I think a, lot, a person but... could play those. Um, I think you know. I think he's right. I think. Like the the cool thing about Mass Effect is you if you want to do the side quests, I'm just gonna be honest, most of them don't feel as much battle side quests as exploring the world side quests. And I think that's what Bioware has above other companies where it doesn't feel like I'm except for Inquisition. It d- <laughs> didn't always feel like I was collecting seven new fucking nin roots or whatever. Like they were all uh, you know, <laughs> go talk to this guy. And sometimes there's a battle, but there's also really intrigue. And you're like, wait. What's going on on the Citadel? Like, who's doing what? And it felt like I was... Ex- it's one of the few games that I felt like the side quests have me explore the world. So what's funny about Mass Effect, yes, you can play it and you can get the full story and have a great time. Or when you do a side quest, it's not... To me, it doesn't feel like the drag that I'm normally accustomed to. And that includes three, which I wasn't a, a massive fan of. I feel like they do a really good job of being like hey, here's a side quest, but really what it's about is like finding out some new cool character in the game world. And some mystery. I was telling Maddie, I think I think we were all on a podcast when I mentioned this. I could be wrong, but the one character in 3 that's in the hospital yeah, yeah, that yeah. you can that check, you were just yeah, that, that you can check a gun out to, and you never know what happens unless you read the journal and you find out that she fucking killed herself. And you're like, whoa. Like these, they're just hidden. They're just these little hidden secrets everywhere and i thought i i think you'd enjoy i get what you mean though like you'd only have a finite amount of time but um they don't require they don't require the typical input Mm -hmm. that some games do which i and i mean by grinding away is uh origins dragon age origins is fairly long um oh yeah dragon you just push through the story like 20 hours but I mean, there's. It's like sixty if you yeah, were to do if you most really of it. like a new player taking your time. Then, yeah, that's that's sixty. Um, Lone, if you're you gonna play a Bioware game, you gotta have... play Knights of the Old Republic. I hate to tell you. 
fuck. You don't really have an option. Just, just stop pushing yeah. it, okay? Just stop yeah. pushing. No, so the, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. blah. I mean, pronounce I'm, I'm it. playing Zelda, so. Kotor and fair. Jade Empire. Kotor and Jade yeah. Empire both have, have a good, um, Jade Empire is cool because it's Chinese and steampunk magic, which you would not usually put together. Um, you know but, what I was going to say? That most games should have, like, you know, you have easy, medium, hard difficulty. They should have a full-time job difficulty. Everyone's narrative. Easy. A couple do. Narrative. There's, <laughs> yeah. there's, a, there's difficulty called narrative in... Um, oh, I, I'm playing it right now. What the fuck game is that? But there's a difficulty that says narrative, and it says, do you just want to fucking experience the story? That's and, awesome. What game yeah. is that? I'm trying to remember. There's multiple ones. Cadiz and I were just playing it. It's, um... Oh damn! I can't get okay. to my system, but uh, I'll I'll post it in the in the comments. But yeah, there's a couple games that that basically state, you know, do you just want to fucking? Oh, do you know another game that does Shadow Warrior? In Shadow mm-hmm. Warrior, if you pick easy, it's like, do you just want to sit down after a busy day and fucking kill people? Pick this difficulty. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Seeing I love, I love, love that I idea that. of just like you're all not hard asses who want to fucking Dark Souls every game. Like sometimes somebody wants to just, you know, yeah. play an hour. So mm. that's so true. Oh, that's great. Um, how about this new mod limit on Xbox and PS4? Really? It's an increase, correct? No. no, no. So they what they're saying now, no. So you, you've still got, from what I see, the however many gigabyte yeah, limit, but now there's, there's a limit on the actual specific number of mods you can have installed at any one time. So on Xbox gotcha. One, it's 150 mods. On PS4, it's 100 mods. And I think the reason they cited for that was for stability re- reasons. Like, apparently there was concern about the stability of the games on each of those consoles. And I'm wondering if those concerns were expressed by Microsoft and Sony as opposed to players a themselves. Lot of, um people have tweeted at me before and they've, been, they've said, like, I, I loaded up my games on mods and it doesn't even start up anymore. Like, I have to delete the uh, actual data from my console and then put in a fresh hard disk to get it to You work. can bet, if that's yeah. true, you can bet You can bet that came from, like, Microsoft and Sony because they yeah. are the ones who, unfortunately, will actually receive a lot of those complaints. And you can bet that they fed back to Bethesda pretty fucking quick. Yeah. And we're like, dude, mm. you're making our systems look like shit. you you yeah. got to fix that. So A yeah, hundred mods, though. <laughs> Yeah, I unless you're Nissan. And 80. Unless you're Nissan, 100 mods should be, yeah, 100 mods. Cap isn't that small. Um, uh, no, that's not even a cap. That's, I mean, a, fuck, mm-hmm. man. And good mods, yeah. good mods, let's, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, it depends. If you, I mean, here's the thing. Is PC players will snark. Uh, the ones who play a ton of Fallout play a lot of mods. Just, because they will, I'm yeah. not even kidding, they will load up on hundreds. They will. I have 300, yeah, yeah I know. They will yeah. load up on hundreds. And so, um to them, they might look at this cap and go, fuck you guys. But I, I think on consoles, especially on PS4, I mean, I'd struggle to find 100 mods I'd want to download on Here's PS4. Here's the thing. Um, that's more. true. That's true. Some mod makers may work together and merge their mods, too. Mm-hmm. You merge a mod, it's one mod, and you can still get two or three different mods mixed in. Yeah, there's a lot of compatibility Which, with them, too. Yeah. So that's possible. I, I think it's, you know, it, I, it's probably just a reflection of the fact that they're on consoles, and consoles, and these consoles anyways aren't just, just not that powerful and right. if it means that, you know, I, and I guess it's for people, it's for gamers that don't necessarily understand what, like, I guess the, the technicalities Mod behind modding and, and, and how, I guess, resource intensive they can be, especially when you're installing up to 200 mods. And I'm sure that there were many <laughs> gamers that were trying to do that on the PS4 and Xbox That's One true. and were thinking, they're, they're what's happening thing, so. to my game? 
Yeah. yeah, that's I didn't even think of that. They're new to the whole process, so they're probably just like, "Yep, I'll get this one. I'll get this one. We're good." <laughs> and then they all of a sudden now I have like three hundred mods, yeah, now but they I can't, can't load, load my save file. Or it takes like five hours to load. Fuck that. Yeah, because but again, PC players we're used to that. We're used to experimenting with so many different mods right. and realizing why is this one area of the world just locked out to me? Have I fucked with my save file a little bit too much? Probably. I should cut back down. So. That's why I, I think it's a good thing. The worst is when you can't I, I find that one mod that is breaking your game. Oh, it's <laughs> the I worst. Use, I'm checking I still use Mod Organizer, which I think went away, but Mod Organizer I use. And man, oh, really? I, yeah, because it uses that false. I think Nexus does it now, but it didn't it at does. the time. It uses yeah. the, 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 the fake file tree, which I yeah. never have to worry about corrupting anything. Because I don't know how many times I reinstalled Skyrim before that, where I'm like, fuck the mm. mods. Everything's purple. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's purple. <laughs> Oh fuck! And you have to. And now with like, I, I'm. I think something else has come out that's also above that. But um, yeah, the mod, the mod systems. I think on consoles it makes sense to sort of restrict them just a little bit. And I mean, you're still playing with a hundred mods. You're, and and one mod can be a, such a massive change, such a True. massive yeah. change. So I think I think it's a boon to stability, and uh, and it's something that's an, an okay trade off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's okay. Try it off. So and, and to be honest, that have to deal with the amount you download rather than the file size of each of them. You know what I'm saying? No. Remember, um, since it's an ESM file or yeah. an ESP file, it's it's it goes into resident memory. So yeah, a little bit of it is memory, but also um, they have to save spots in the save game too to make sure the save mm-hmm. game can save whatever new item ID is and all that. Okay, so sure. I, I yeah, I think a lot of it is just a mixture of those, but also graphically, I mean. It still runs pretty well, but I've seen some people with some mods where they're running on their Xbox and you're like, because originally the mods weren't affecting the FPS. And then it seems like the more you add, the more the, the consoles are like, what the fuck, you know, and you just can't handle this. Yeah. And my PC does, by the way. So if anybody tries to yeah. say that their PC can handle a certain amount of mods without, you know, seeing frame rate hits, that's not realistic. I mean, mm-hmm. we do yeah. see those, we do, but we just have more power, right? Yeah, like the, the only only time I see this being a limiting factor is if and, and apparently on PS4 we talked about this last week with Dover in the podcast. A lot of the mods are just cheat mods, and I can yeah. see this affecting people that just install a bunch of cheat mods that don't necessarily uh, strain your system or deduct from FPS sure. that might want to have over a hundred mods. But to be honest, if you're having over a hundred cheat mods in Fallout, I don't think you're playing it right. <laughs> or the modders aren't doing me. a good job of making yeah. a mod that does multiple cheats. Exactly. Hmm. Last bit of news is that Activision. Oh man! <laughs> oh yeah. man! I love it. Yeah. I, I don't know they why. Are, I just find this. They are listed as not one, not two, but number three in the most admired. Not a typo. Top three most admired companies. The two ahead of them are Disney and Netflix, which are are plausible. Okay. Great Who movies. Who did this list? Netflix by the way? and Chill. Then you got Activision at number three. What the? F- what? They, okay, so yeah, they are for all they've done. That's been so good for our industry and consumers. They have not burnt us. They have not fucked us royally. They totally deserve that that number three spot. I'd say. Right. What? what um. Who published this list? Fortune. I I believe. Fortune. Top and my. I want to find it now. It's int- I I just I never like these list things in general. To be honest, mm, right. I I don't I don't know. I I see these like top five 
or top 10 pl- best places to work, top 10 best professions. And you think some of the times, really? Like, uh, who, who came up with this final list? How scientific is it? It's, it? They're so subjective. So I can see why Maddie, for example, is disagreeing severely with this. You're, you're disagreeing with this, right, I'm Maddie? I'm laughing at it. <laughs> okay, you <laughs> see, but... It, but that's the point. And it's not just this. Again, it's there are so many different lists that are like, these are the top five. I, I've literally seen a list of top 10 sexiest professions. Like, the fuck is sexiest profession mean? Well, that's the Anyways. thing. Is if, if it's a list that's not really sample sized or whatever, just start off your article by saying, this is my opinion. There you go. But it's. All it is, Matt, is, again, this is the exact same reason why top five videos are so popular and top 10 videos are so popular exactly. on YouTube. Mm-hmm. It generates controversy. You know, sometimes they're just, I don't even think they're, they are always a controversy generator that it's usually a good way for like a YouTuber just to combine their opinion instead of making multiple videos on like, this is what I like about this topic. This is what I like about this topic. It's just like five things I like about this game. Like I did that. But for, no, it's I not that always like that. It's, yeah, there's no, a lot of shit. From that my perspective, like... I use it as like a tool where, uh, Andromeda was like, I've been talking negatively about this game a lot, which isn't a bad thing. But um, I was just yeah. like, you know, I'm going to toss some positivity this way. Here's three things I like about the game that I've heard about so far. It was just as simple as that. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm, I'm just I, wondering who did these. Like, they probably sent out a poll or something through their yeah. readers. And who are their readers? I mean, are they readers gamers? Who really knows? Who really knows? Uh, I think also we, we're forgetting that Activision uh, has a media group, uh, which handles Skylanders Academy, which is like one of the number one shows on Netflix. Uh, it handles a couple, a couple things that might be skewing the data where we're thinking it's all gamers but activision it does have some some other it's like warner brothers where if you think of warner brothers as a game division you're like oh, okay but then you're like wait oh shit they make movies so <laughs> I, or or you're the other way around and you're like warner, warner brothers true. does games depending on what industry you're in so i think activision has some other stuff on the side as well um that might have colored and this is a weird group it's like That's if they the said they've done uh, so much bad shit they've they I, I just feel personally that even if they run this number one of the top shows on netflix skylanders was pretty successful um and Call you, Duty, you mentioned this before Destiny, the po- podcast maddie blizzard blizzard yeah i'm just thinking they've done I, I just feel like so much they've done negatively has outweighed that but you have to though ask, man. If this is a list about top are you, are companies, you, well, are you really defending these guys? I'm putting a perspective. Fuck is this that. for a particular year? No, hold up. If, if this is saying top in mind companies for 2017, you can't consider this, the stuff they've done before 2017 or oh, before 2016 slash 2017. What, the, what yeah. the fuck have they done this year too? They, no, they, it'll be 2016 slash 17. They, you know, they did something good for us. Actually, you're right. They took their shitty fucking superhero games off the marketplace. They did something good. I'll put them in what top game? three for that. They took uh, what game is it? Amazing Spider-Man Two. They took um, what else was it? Turtles: uh, Mutants in Manhattan. Took that one off the marketplace. And what do you mean off the marketplace? Digital. You mean they're not digital? Wow, they're not selling them anymore. Yeah. Wow. So they pulled like a I fucking Afro their, Samurai. I think they lost too? their Marvel license because like oh. you got Telltale working in a Marvel game. Square Enix now, you see them handing out the Marvel license to different, better developers, rather than just having Marvel own it and making I, all these I games. Think, I think this is sort of like if Cooking USA said, here's the top ten fucking game companies, or here's the top ten companies. It, it's a group that doesn't necessarily reflect us, and doesn't necessarily reflect knowledge within the industry either. So, it's to me, it doesn't bother me. It's, a, it's, it's like... Yeah, it's like a Rolling Stone thing where they cover something that really makes no sense, or Maxim Magazine doing video game reviews. It's like, fuck off. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, I, sure, I'm, I'm, I'm known for the overreaction on this podcast, yeah. probably. Uh, but it's just, I fucking <laughs> really, I, yeah, I just fucking see them getting praise, and I'm like, you fucking blow. Do not fluff your pillow. That's how I view it. Okay, think about it this way: whenever anybody gives you praise, and somebody's in the comments going, "Fuck, man, Maddie sucks." <laughs> they're just haters they're just haters yeah that's the thing i'm just an activision hater i'm, I'm a, just a huh. voice in a crowd of praisers bro I'm uh apparently if, if you if, for that group that, you I, might. I, think it's bullshit. <laughs> I, I refuse to believe that that's anything but fucking inaccurate yeah, I it's it's inaccurate in in your opinion, and, and I guess that's the point that I'm trying to make. Any of these lists, I could probably I, look I, up. I usually don't agree with shitty things Activision has done. Shitty things, and you could probably Activision. look up forty good things that they've done. I'll too. fucking open up another search Maddie, for that. The, wait, listen, listen. The, the point that I'm making, and this is why I brought up YouTube videos. This is like, like watching that, a human fall apart. This is like <laughs> a TV video. Except it's like it's the with Total Biscuit video, right? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, when people make those videos on YouTube, like the top 10 best characters in this game or top 10 best quests, they don't need to say that it's their opinion explicitly. Of course it's their opinion. Of course it's subjective. And in this particular fortune list or whatever it is, it's probably the opinion of their readers. It's all subjective. Of course, like, there are people who are going to disagree with it. So, yeah. Well, here's something good they did. Just, uh, look, everybody. Activision is doing a good thing that is not evil or greedy. Publishing powerhouse giving away some of its corporate bucks to indie devs. Yeah. Um, prize goes to Rignot's Broadside, $75,000. That was a second place prize. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Um, but also another thing that I, that I will say as well, I, something that I used to call it, follow pretty closely when I was in university was uh, top rankings of universities around the world. Do you know how much those rankings differ from publication to publication in yeah, terms of, yeah, for example, yeah. even just in Australia, the top universities, there there are some lists that say the Australian National University is the top. There are some that say the University of Melbourne is the top. They're all differ because they all have different factors on, uh, upon which they well, yeah, measure that, on, that applies right? with any real, I agree with you, that applies with any form of polling is your, your yeah. especially like if you get, uh, I'm not trying to make it political, but if you go for a political poll, it's hard to really get a truly accurate one, depending on like what state you're in, what town you're in. Uh, it can very and much what publication, the, the you views, know, yeah, and the publication can skew the views of what that poll represents. And what would serve you best to just get multiple samples, but still, point being, let's, is that, let's yeah, put it this way: if, if if a far if a far right news website did a poll, it's probably going to skew far right. If a far left website did a poll, it's probably going to skew far left because that's just who their contingent readers are. It's as simple as that. Not that either thing is a bad thing. I'm not making political oh, this comments. Is grand. Just saying. Activision's community manager said this in response to why people hate Activision. One of uh, one of the things is they are the top dog. I call it Yankee syndrome. The Yankees win and the Yankees are a well funded team, so people like to hate them. I don't really follow that sport. <laughs> Baseball. So so I have something that uh before we close that I want to ask you guys about um that pisses me off. So and it's separate from this. Unless Maddie wants, unless Maddie still wants to rage on Activision. No, I've got no. something. Else. I've got, <laughs> you guys have, I've got you guys something have you can to rage take on. Me down another peg, but I. Oh hell no! I I agree with you. I just uh, don't give a shit about the poll. Um, <laughs> like I agree with you. That's why I don't, I don't give, give a shit, shit about, about the polls. Poll. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's true too. So, did you guys realize that fucking Zelda is locking hard mode behind their season pass? Yeah, that was. Did you what? really weird? Yeah, I saw that. I'm like, how do you not? I didn't How do you see do that? that, though. 
Yeah, so basically in their season passes, they're offering a map feature, which also begs the question, what the fuck is a map feature? Like, what does that mean? Does that mean on my main map you'll finally show me moving around? Like, what does that mean? But one of the things is, is that hard mode, you can't finish the game and get it, anything like that. It's not even included day one. It's included on their later DLC. So some people said that there's a ranger mode, I think, in Zelda's, which is a typical hard mode that uh, is usually there when you beat it or whatever. I'm just really not happy about a difficulty being in a season pass. That, this to me... Kind of, this is kind of like Fallout 4 survival mode that was brought in later. I think that but was that was free. Too. I think that but was that was free, that was part of their post That was free, content yeah. Plans. Uh, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. This, this I just don't like. I don't like... You're paying for a mode. And, I mean, unless the mode is structurally different, like... Mobs are made up different, but Diablo does that shit, and their shit, you know. Like, I mean, I, yeah, like the idea of saying that a difficulty is is behind a DLC bothers me to no end. Like that's we're starting to get to that point to where it's like, what the fuck is DLC? Mm-hmm. Like we're gonna cut the shit out of every. As Maddie said about Sniper, it's like you you open up Sniper and it's like DLC gun. Oh no, Joker was telling me that earlier today. Mm. He was like he opened up Sniper Elite and it was like DLC gun, DLC gun, which is true. Yeah. You don't want to see that shit, right? I don't want to, and then you know, campaign fucking... and then campaign DLC, which yeah, makes but sense, it's... but I'm saying that was right off launch. I don't want to open up Zelda and have it say normal mode, hard mode, DLC, or buy the season pass. Like, wait, what? Yeah. I don't know. I just don't like the idea at Brand all. Now, some people cheaper, should... but still, it's it's shady. It's, it's a silly move. Yeah. They could offer, a, here's it's... the thing is that people are very excited for Zelda. If they just offered more Zelda, not just a mode, I think people would eat up the season pass easily but instead they lost well, they, so they they do have so i think it's the second uh, dlc pack they have a new story a new dungeon yeah. and shit like that mm-hmm. um but the first the, the only like thing trials that, which that, have been in previous zelda games i believe yeah the only thing that irks me is that you can't buy each individual pack individually really? that's another thing yes yeah. you can't yeah you're not allowed to buy them you have to, you have to buy the this. whole thing is 20 dollars fucking damn it <laughs> what is nintendo i god damn i swear to God, they they live in a completely different era than every like the, some of the shit that they pull. It feels like I I said this in my review, like the difference between grift and gift, and it's like the, the Nintendo just has no clue about the difference, and they're just grifting you to no end. It's like I'm gonna find ways to cheat you and trick you out of your classic NES. We raised the price on eBay to unbelievable amounts. Ways like the yeah. the stuff that they do, artificial limiting of hardware. Uh, these kind of things are are shady as hell, and and they're almost we're almost getting to the point now where it's anti-consumer. Like, I mean, I would say we probably are past that point. But it's weird uh, though because they, they they they've done something like this, but then now consoles aren't their consoles aren't region locked. Now, when you buy digital games, they're not you know true. specifically locked to a hardware or, or to an ID or whatever it is. So if you lost your particular Switch, then there goes all your games. I know that there were workarounds around that, but now that's pretty much consistent. Everything yeah. is tied to your on online account, so they are moving to being more like consumer friendly. But then stuff stuff like this happens, which is just weird. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's yeah. I was kind of shocked when you said that you can't buy them separately. I I don't think I've heard of that for a while. <laughs> yeah, you, can't, you can't buy a DLC separately. You got to buy the fucking season pass because you you can still buy even though it's much more expensive. With Call of Duty, for example, you can do the season pass or buy each individually. Isn't that? Yeah, thing still. You can do that yeah, with basically yeah. any DLC. Think of all uh, mm. out. You can buy Nuka World and nothing else. You know, I can't think of a game 
that said, no, you can't download this separately. You've got to buy the whole fucking thing. Right. Yeah. It's like me sitting down at a restaurant. I eat like half my burger. I'm going to take the rest home and the fucking owner coming up to me and saying, you fucking finish that shit or else you're not leaving. You know, something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, it's a weird... it, it, but I was gonna say though, it, it it'll pretty much be like you walk into McDonald's and you either can only buy a meal or nothing. Like you can't <laughs> buy the chips separately or the drink yeah. separately. Yeah, yeah. You can, there's no such thing as a fries. <laughs> it's like, well, can I buy fries? Oh, I'm sorry, no, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't sell fries. <laughs> Wait, what? No, no, those are in the meal. Yeah, it's um, it's. I just wanted to ask you guys because I find it. Uh, I, didn't even, I, I, I yeah, I didn't even know it was that it. bad. I knew they liked the mode behind it. I was like, okay, they're just taking advantage of the Zelda fans. No surprise there. Yeah. Uh but yeah, I, I didn't know number one that it was, you know, that little content, and number two, I didn't know that it was just like a whole thing. Not yeah, and mind you, like the defense of that from the Nintendo fans will probably be that it's it's cheaper than most season passes, but. You know, it is. That's the thing. It is cheap. They're taking money still for. I think a hard mode you could argue should be included in a game. I don't think that's a lot. No, but this is the thing. Like, in in uh, in terms of the hard mode, I I don't necessarily mind so long as if that hard mode the development starts after release. Right. This is something they're putting extra resources in, and and it's like a complete, as Carrick said, a complete overhaul. That makes it a somewhat different game. I guess you can kind of argue, like, again, Fallout 4 Survival Mode does. So I don't necessarily mind that. Like, to me, so long as whatever goes into into a DLC is something that happens post-release, then I'm okay with that. Because then that is technically extra content. What's very um, strange but, yeah. is that they're releasing the hard mode in the second pack, if I remember correctly. Not the That's first right. one. I don't know why you'd And the wait. first one's on launch. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know okay. that, but still. So the first one on launch, you just get like oh, oh, no, different oh, okay. items. When I say second one, I I meant I'm not considering that first one with like the the mini shit items that oh, like the treasure about. chest, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm talking about the the actual deep content packs rather. Um, right. That yeah. second one, which is at the end of the year, they're waiting till the end of the year to release a hard mode. I, I think it would be more beneficial to give the heart like like a we were talking about fallout for survival mode like that was within the that was before i think the first slate of dlc or maybe it was in between the first two something like that it was in the beginning yeah. though where it was refreshing you have to come back again with all this new yeah. content and then this new difficulty and get for example back into zelda you know that would be good with the hard mode but they're sort of they're they're alienating their player base in a sense where it'll be at its i think bare minimum at that point and, I mean, how many but, are you going to bring back? Aren't, aren't they releasing that pack in some? Like they say, summer twenty seventeen. What does that mean? Summer is the first, like actual, like with the trials and stuff. I remember that. And then fall, I think, is when. No, I mean, for, like for you guys, when does summer range? Summer's um, that's oh June, July, June, August for yeah. us. Yeah, okay. three months there. That's, that's that's not that bad though, right? Like that's that's several months after release. Yeah, yeah, I don't care. Sorry, I think I think I think it's the biggest line of bullshit ever. I, I you you it, it they you know what they need to do? Don't call it hard mode then. Uh, call it rearranged mode or call it something <laughs> and, and really yeah, go crazy. I, I think part of it's really their go crazy. They said survival it's mode. It's would have been yeah. like, oh, what? Oh, survival mode. I, I think that's part of it but too. But hard difficulty just seems weird. Yeah, it's, it's like, like yeah, yeah. You, you know, you got you can play yeah. on easy and normal. So it's like, oh, okay, fine. Yeah. Unless the game's like fucking brutal on normal difficulty, there's always that possibility. 
Yeah, yeah. true. Where it's like, yeah. fuck, Dark I can't even fathom playing it on hard. <laughs> I gotta pay for that shit. You know, yeah. mm. I guess that's maybe what they're thinking, but that that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, that's uh, all the news we have. Is there anything extra we wanted to toss in there? No, I, I did want to quickly chat about um, E3 opening its doors to the public. We didn't okay. really have right, that last right. year. Sorry, I moved so, so, No, that's all right. Um, so E3 now, obviously, it's not just media and trade. It's now 15,000 tickets being released to the public. And I guess I just wanted to ask you guys, as Maddie's obviously been to E3. Carrick, you've been to E3, haven't you? One time, but prior to doing the channel. Okay, so I, I, I don't know. I guess I want to get your thoughts on what you think about that. I think it, it is a pretty much a good thing because we saw EA back out, Acti back out of V3 last year, although EA still kind of did their own thing. What do you think about E3 being open to the public now? It was already Go crowded for it, as fuck. I'm, <laughs> that's the way I look at it. I'm like, fuck, it was already crowded, and you're adding like 15,000 more people to this. Uh, I thought... Without EA and Activision, mind you, I haven't been there before that, but without EA and Activision, I thought the convention floor was still pretty flooded with awesome stuff to see and play. Yeah. So I, I mean, I didn't really give a shit that they weren't there. Uh, EA can go ahead and do its own thing. doesn't really matter to me. Mm. Uh, I admire them for stepping out and having like an EA play thing that involves the public. But my thing is, I, I've always viewed E3 as like, this is where the announcements happen. Same thing with Gamescom, even though... It'll kind of contradict what I'm about to say, but I always viewed it as like this is where the announcements happen. You know, this is where the the, the press, the YouTubers and streamers come and do their coverage. Not that the public shouldn't be there because I actually met a couple of viewers there, which was awesome. Um, but yeah. it's just I viewed it as that's where I feel like now it's starting to blend almost into that PAX kind of thing where it's just like let's have a lot of fun. And I just feel like this is me being a little more old school. I think just with based out I've always viewed E3s. I've always viewed it as like this trade show. You know, let's learn about upcoming products inform the consumer i I never viewed it as like a a fun attendee type of thing because i I think i mean i worked my i'm not trying to fluff my own pillow like i was talking about earlier but i I think i busted my ass pretty hard at e3 where it was uh less it was rewarding work but um you know it was awesome to finally be at e3 but it it was not like this fun sensational trip because i was you know at the convention all day and i literally went back to the hotel after maybe going out to dinner or something and, and worked on videos that entire night so for me, mm. it's just it's very odd to hear it open up to the public because how do they view it? They view it different different than me, clearly, which is fine. It's just that, yeah, like I said, I look at E3 maybe a, a bit from a different perspective than other people. Yeah, yeah. I, I, um, I, I, E3 is having problems. Like, regard anyway, That's probably you, why in, I've heard about anyway, yeah, Gamescom. Yeah, so and because other because companies are just deciding to do their own things too and it's like release schedules don't have to just be in the holiday they don't just have to be announced in the summer at e3 like there's there's just various different Mm -hmm. things that are causing all this but um one thing that bothers me a little bit is the fact that e3 impacts you have your press and your youtubers and your video gamers meeting up with pr possibly setting schedules early and then you have what i consider the the demographic of people that in some way are going to get shafted where they buy their tickets uh, these these normal fans, and they maybe only get to see a couple things because somebody like myself is stepping ahead of them, taking you know That's taking true. their spots. That's true. And it bothers me a little bit, actually, as uh, for the other side, where I'm like, well, great that they're they're allowing it, but um, somebody like myself can get I can get in pretty much anywhere. There's no line. I've never been in a line at any of these events. I just say mm. who I am. Yeah, I talk to the PR. That's, that's I true. schedule it early. Yeah. So I I don't feel comfortable that it's like. Here's 
multiple thousands. Uh, well, for some people, it, it's it's going to be a couple hundred, depending on scalping and stuff. But you, you you pay a couple hundred, and you may only get to see a couple games because a large contingent are still treating it like a trade show, and mm. you're going to a trade show. So I guess that's a trade off, like right? You know that. Is what I was but it's a conflict. It's to yeah, allude to yeah. I guess with yeah. your perspective. Yeah, it is a little bit, and I I'm 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 just I feel bad for somebody if they spent a couple hundred because knowing that I did right. Uh, I got yeah. in because of somebody who was in the industry who let, who got me in. But it was an industry show. I love the idea of showing stuff to multiple people, but it's a little late, too, because some of these companies are dropping out. And I know Maddie and I have talked about this off-site, but a lot of the PR companies are like, listen, E3 is not where we're going to be. Like, some of the stuff is just not going to be shown at E3. Um, mm, you can do your own... Coverage. Yeah, you can do your own shit separate. Like, for example, I'm not going to PAX East, right? Is that the one coming up, Maddie? Uh, yeah, in March. I'm not going. Every time I tell somebody I'm not going, the PR company's like, doesn't matter. Just we'll send you the stuff on the same day as we open at PAX and East. And I'll be like, well, then why do go to PAX? Wait, what? Yeah, it's just like the like, idea of going. That's really it, all Yeah. That's why yeah. I, like, uh, so, when I went to E3 last year, I was invited to Bethesda's conference. And I was like, I'm not going to go because I need to cover stuff at the hotel room. Like, I'm here for the trade show. But... You know, I, I decided yeah. like I wasn't going to Bethesda C three conference, even though it looked like a lot of fun. I, I was happy because my my channel grew a lot during that that E three week. I was rewarded for the work, but um, I feel like if I decided like oh let me just go to the show, uh, things would have worked mm. out differently. Yeah, it's a it's it's an odd situation. I I love that it's open. I just am a little nervous. People will get their hopes up and they might be screwed well, that's a little bit. That. They don't know where all these people are who are getting these passes where they might be paying. I mean, flights to LA aren't cheap, and they might be paying nope. a lot of money to come to E3. Hotels, hotel, hotel is going to be insane. Mm-hmm. Hotel is insane. Yeah, I, insane. I guess the one the one thing that I hope doing something like this too, and maybe they haven't worked out the model. Maybe there needs to be one dedicated trade day and then the consumers right. can go in the other two days or whatever it is. But I'm hoping that this does keep E3 alive because think about the like the excitement and the millions of eyes that are dr- drawn towards E3 every year. I can't imagine. But it, it's happened in the past, Matty. Like, it happened. I, just, I know. I just I can't imagine it, though. Uh, it's just how I am. I just, I, it, it, like, I just feel like there's so many upcoming companies that are dependent on that you see uh for example i think it was ea when they used to have their own show they used to have like an indie section microsoft and sony always have their indie sections um i think they see value in that stuff because that lifts their bottom line a little bit when you you get that indie support on top of the big AAA support that usually garners that attention for most of the show yeah Uh, but so so for me it's, it's just very hard to imagine no e3 at all Here's the thing, though. Um, I agree, but I think that with the advent of, first of all, we can't embrace the online always me- mentality and then say that PR companies can't. As Maddie just said, he's like, you know, they, they can release stuff throughout the year. So there's that. There's also packs, multiple packs, which are getting huge. They're getting massive. And oh, so you have com- massive, yeah. Yeah. So you have companies going to those, NPR people and, 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 and so forth. You have GDC, which has... One day prior, which is just for devs, and then after that, everybody, yeah. including PR and press, can come. So I don't see I don't see E three going away. I do absolutely see E three leveling out completely as just another event show, and that's mm. because it's already happened once, as said before, and then it came back, but it came back with an absence of these other shows that aren't yeah. absent anymore. They're there, and a, a show like PAX Prime, which I went to, was 
insane. And when I talked to the PR there, they were like, we might go to E3. Because PAX allowed for more hands-on, a completely different approach. Direct to the consumer. Yeah. Direct to the consumer. And, and yeah, even me, no who is a PR person. There's no middleman. And, and it's, also, it's also just like Microsoft is saying, we want to do our stuff on Sunday so that we can have our own news day. A lot of people are like, we want to do our shit on a different week. We don't want ETH because we get lost. And so a lot That's of why companies Sony are... does that. Um, yeah, they have their, their thing their at the end of the year? Or, or is, oh, I thought it was oh, something their, in December. Yes. That, uh, PlayStation meeting. Experience, yeah, yeah PlayStation. They experience. do that every year now, and it, it, they, they announced a new Uncharted and a new fucking Last of Us. Like clearly, they take that seriously, right? Uh, oh yeah. Well, Microsoft yeah. does their own, and mm-hmm. and Nintendo doesn't give a shit about anything. They just release a video of people playing jacking off monkeys or whatever the fuck <laughs> they do. Switch. So yeah, that's what I. I mean, I unf- I see it leveling out with everything else, and I'm just being honest a lot of the pr people i talk to aren't necessarily in love with e3 most aren't actually yeah, i would pax, say the majority uh, aren't pax does have a thing on a friday where press can go an hour early yeah that's kind of kind of fucking pointless in my opinion but uh yeah an hour's one meeting maybe yeah i was gonna say yeah. it's it's pretty pretty bogus but um you know like if e3 baby did something like that where like every up until like 12 and, and then sure. open it to the public after that because then that would be that would be pretty ideal. Because it's a lot. You'd be surprised how much media is there. It's fucking insane. Um, it's like anyone with a fucking name has a pass. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, getting a pass is. Um, I had heard it was going to get harder, and so I, for example, I think in E three two years ago, I had to go through some hoops, and now I got an email, and it was like you're invited already. E three. Yeah. E three. Yeah. Oh my god. And I was like, packs, oh weird. Let me tell you a story then. Going to PAX East this year, I was about to not go because I got a media badge. Connor got one. Ivan got one. And we're, we're doing a special Let's Play idea we have planned along with a couple other coverage ideas. And we needed Brian to come along. He's the fourth one of our group. And they all helped me make videos. And also, like I said, it's it's part of the Let's Play series we're doing. And so everyone got a pass, but they're like, Brian can't come. They're like, his position does not make him eligible for a pass. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, he's, he's on the channel now. I'm like, he, how can he not be eligible? So, like, I resubmitted his application. I said, what if he changes his position? He helped me on these two videos here as well. I said, is that okay? They're like, no. So, uh, and then finally, I, I the video was up for the um, the competitive, friendly competition episode. And I sent it to them. I was like, he's also a host on the channel. He's literally going to be on the channel every other week. Is this not enough? Like, now he's, because that's the thing. Apparently, they like to see them yeah. on the channel yeah That's, on the channel yeah. and so i was like this cannot be more clear it's not a one-time thing it's a patreon funded series you can check the patreon here's a link i was like is this okay they fucking say to me media registration closed an hour ago he can come to pax west like fuck you that's what they said to me i was like okay well i said to them i was like we're not going then i said that it's as simple as that i said you are literally jeopardizing my content plans i'm not expecting you to work around me but you're literally directly interfering at this point. It's only been an hour. And I feel like someone at that point stepped into the email chain, saw this dude say the media registration closed an hour ago, and went like, what the fuck are you doing? Because after that, you know, they, they said, send us his license and his stuff, and we'll verify that that's him in the video. I sent it to them, and they're like, he's approved now. He has a media badge. I was like, Jesus Christ, it was like pulling teeth. reason I told that whole story is because with E3, like you say, Carrick, submission, 30 minutes later, email, I was in. That's it. Yeah, and it's it's mind blowing that that pack yeah. is literally like I said, fucking yanking teeth out of a kid's mouth compared to E three, which is 
uh, from perspective, from the eye test, way bigger. And I literally just popped in my, my channel name, who I was, a link, and asked for a pass, and that was it. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how these all... Le- but I just think they'll level out. I think that we'll see E3 becoming like packs, and they'll just be different names. There'll be Gamescom, E3 packs, and yeah. it, it won't be as big as... And I'm actually happy for that um, because I would like to see them spread their content and data out, especially talking to devs who are like, guys, trying to get ready for E3 is ridiculously stupid when it comes to... Well, for example, I've said this before, um, Cliff, Cliff Bozinski has a GDC video called fighting the 800-pound gorilla, and it's all about getting demos ready and trying to fight other publishers for, for space, for, for data, and for mindshare at events. And he talks about how long it takes to get a single demo ready for an E3 that doesn't mm. crash and be, that you don't have to tell people, you can't pick up the red key because it'll crash your game. You know, so they have to make sure everything's perfect. Um, it's a lot of money, too, man. It's a lo- for them. I mean, it, it's, it's extraordinary for the developers how much time and, and money they put into those. So I have a feeling it'll be more averaged um, and, and more like we've got version A at PAX East, we've got version B at PAX Prime. That's a little easier to, to do than be like, we got to get everything at, at fucking E3. It's got to be perfect. You know? Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Alrighty then. Yeah, that, that'll do it. And for episode 96 of the Ham Radio Podcast, boys, it was a pleasure. Yes, Thank very so much, much so. Very fiery podcast here today. Uh, we hope the <laughs> listeners enjoyed. Um, as always, sound off with your feedback using the hashtag HamRadioTime on Twitter or just fire away in the comments down below, whatever's easiest for you. And mm. any final words, gentlemen? No, enjoy your weekends. Cool. Yeah. Want to play some more Resident Evil? Yeah, have fun, man. You guys right. take care. See you. Thank you, everyone.